Okay, here we go. And I won't use the word cunt or anything. <laughs> here we go. Here it's Toon Talk Radio. It's Andrew Davis from Toon Talk Radio, and we're also available on www.toontalk.co.uk. Just hit the message tab, and you'll see recorded and live shows. We're also going to be available immediately after the show on iTunes as well, which is a newfangled thing we have. So it goes directly there once the show is over. So all of my guests who you can uh, reach tonight on the show, it's 0191 538 9781 and all my guests will be on the show and if you want to listen to your special guest just download or click the button and you can listen live to the studio well and also available on gravity radio northeast uh, and also on there uh, which is available under gravity uh, plus google plus and google play and you can actually hear us on that particular radio station as well well it's been a fun and games weekend as we know with Newcastle and Sunderland. Quite unbelievable what actually happened. Uh, obviously, we're going to lead tonight probably with the first story about Leicester, but um, I'm going to bring in my guest from Dubai, which is Neil Mitchell. Good evening, Neil. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. How are you? Have you had tongue surgery today or something? Yes, something <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think and talk at the same time, and it is kind well, of difficult. That's a common, that's a common problem. <laughs> that's a common problem. <laughs> He's got his digs in early, folks, don't worry. Well, Neil's calling from, from Dubai, and obviously I've got my first guest tonight, which is the Sunderland fan, it's Keith McStay. Um, good evening, how are you? Hi there, Andrew. Yes, all good, thanks. Lovely, lovely. So tell me, before we get to the Sunderland and Newcastle area, what was your immediate thoughts on Leicester yesterday? What, do you think, what was your initial reaction to that? Because it seems to have spiralled pretty strangely. Is that to me or Neil? To you. To me, right, well, I don't often give less than much thought when I'm not playing them, but uh, yes, it was quite an unusual game. I think the referee totally lost it, to be fair. Um, I can see why Vardy was angry, you know, there was contact, but he did he did dive, you know, there was no doubt about that, ultimately. It was at pace, but I think uh, Vardy lost his temper a bit because things weren't totally going Leicester's way. They looked like they'd got off early on when the free kick at the post, and you thought, oh, it's just going to be Leicester's day. Then it wasn't. But I think the ref just totally blew it. The fact that he made one gaping mistake for the for the penalty against Leicester, I don't think it's his job to balance things up. He's just got to stand by his one mistake. And every club, and I, I know sometimes you think, oh, I'm a victim. And I think West Ham's been the victim more than any club of decisions mm-hmm. that haven't went away. But I think the, the ref, it's not his job to see, actually, I made a mistake there. 
I'll go and level it because if that opportunity doesn't come around again during the match, he's got to stand by it. And let's suppose he did actually level things up and then another incident came along which was a, you know, a bit controversial or borderline. Where does he turn to then? He's got to stand by his one mistake, his first penalty mistake, and the second one it was harsh against Andy Carroll. Yes, he's a, a, a striker doing a bit of a defensive job, but, you know, clumsy, but I don't think it was a pen at all, you know, so... Um, but they grabbed the point, and they, that could be crucial. We know again where the opposite side of the table at one point or can make the difference. But fair play to them; they've been in and around it all season. So you know you get them breaks. So mm. that's my view. I think that we're lucky to get that point in the end in the fashion we got it. Yes, I agree. We'll get to Neil's answer in a minute. But what about uh, obviously getting to Sunderland? What was your take on that? I, I must be. Everybody seemed to expect. Uh, a win for Sunderland because of the way they've been playing. Um, but what, what did you think of the the penalty? Because um, at first everybody, what that noise is. Everybody seemed to think that um, uh, at first it, it was it wasn't a penalty, but then you see it again, and he could have broke his leg. Well, I, I think uh, Barini said he, he nearly broke my leg. I think that was maybe a slight exaggeration, but again, that was a straight after the match post-match interview where he's probably seen it probably did hurt at the time it was an awkward part of his obviously inner angle and it, it wasn't ideal so look at Howard Webb sitting in the studio and he said he was giving it uh, the rest in the match Mariner mm. gave it so what am I going to do chat on the Monday night and say actually I think we should go back and replay the, the, the <laughs> game no I'll take it all day long uh, he, he did platter him. He, he, he got the tiniest to touch the ball, but his intent wasn't mm. really to clear the ball. It, it was to, to stop the player making uh, the player that he was wanting to play or even being more uh, clinical towards goal. So it had a direct effect on what was happening there and then. So uh, it didn't really break his leg. Cause don't you just hate it when it happens when it, against mm. you? But Barini yeah. got up straight away and was good enough mm. to do that penalty. And... Uh, jobs are good and so it happens so often that the injured party gets up and performs and mm. you've seen it yourself Barini doesn't mess around your, your man Cruel had a go at him a couple of mm. seasons ago he's not put off from that uh, penalty spot so delighted with that the second goal was probably slightly more controversial in that the, the build up to it brilliant cross in from Barini great finish from Defoe but uh, Kirkhoff not intentionally, but did clip the ankles, and that, that mm. free kick could have been given against us as we were breaking forward. I would say that was our luckier break of the day when we needed to secure it to get that second goal to give with a little bit of uh, comfort and breathing space. That was a decision that could have went against us and mm. didn't. So, look, I think on the day, I, I think we got the decisions which were borderline decisions went in my favour, and hey, we any teams had it in you, you think, God, curse your luck, it can go against you on another day many times over. So, delighted with it, delighted with the three points. Nice to get them in nice and early, put the pressure on yourselves, but mm. obviously as we're cheering for us, so I'm amazed <laughs> when I'm getting all these mags saying, bloody hell, Barini was soft and that. Yes, we're wanting them to, us to win, so why slag the fella? He got one the road to what yous wanted, a Sunderland victory, you know? It's fantastic. What do you think, Neil? Um... Did you think it was soft? Uh, the second goal, I would suggest, was to me it didn't look a foul, but uh, obviously Keith um, had Keith said they had the run of the, the run of the run of the the, the, the draw that day. 
Well, I think the key thing for the game for me is that their, their three goals plus our three goals is a six-goal turnaround on goal difference against Norwich. And that suddenly puts everything back in the mix because now we're one goal away from them where that was a possible handicap now, depending obviously on other results, where, mm-hmm. where you were, 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 were twice annual humiliation on television of Man City tomorrow night. So um, let's, let's keep the power to dry on that before we get too excited about goal difference. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is a big boost that. Um, as far as the, the Sunderland Norwich game goes, I think the, the key factor that was they were missing the, the big centre back that caused us havoc at set pieces and probably was the difference between the two teams. Um, and with him out, Norwich looked like a totally different team at the back and, and didn't look as organised and didn't have as much threat up front either um, from de- from set players. But that said, <laughs> Sunderland had to play well to win the game and they did. So um, yeah, I mean it, there was there was a canny few of us in the bar. Uh, watching over here uh, the, the the Sunderland game first, um, and it, it was sort of a quite surreal situation actually watching them put a couple of goals in, thinking, "Oh, this is handy." This, mm. um, it, it, but that that's the the mess that we're in, and that we got ourselves in, mm. and we're still reliant on other people to help out of it, and it's really frustrating because when you when you look at it, we, we, we shouldn't be down there. Neither should Sunderland, to be fair. Uh, with the squads yeah. we've got, shouldn't be in that position, but that we are. Well, it's it nice to have a Monday chat, though, where at least we're talking and reflecting on a win rather than being down there <laughs> on the back of a defeat. So it is nice. It's proved. I mean, I think our, what you picked up on, our midfield just totally dominated that game. Well, and I don't mean with style, but they, they certainly closed them down and they played well. They were totally totally in control of the midfield. The only thing I feel that we lacked is the ball from midfield to a front two, as we had with Barini and Defoe, was a bit lacking. I'm not talking about the long ball over the top either. I'm talking about when we're in the centre circle and just breaking free, that next maybe 12 yards progress, we weren't connecting with our front two on the shorter passes. But I think we were brilliant at the back. Uh, we, we had a bit of pressure at the start of the game, and again at the start of the second half, you know, and that's when that, that second goal was, was crucial. And uh, I, I think we did do well. Uh, a bit of woodwork come in, but again, you've got to take your breaks. But what you're saying there, Neil, regarding Norwich and the goal swing, it wasn't just that Norwich had done use, and that mm-hmm. felt like you know, obviously they, they dealt with one of their um, relegation rivals. If that had happened to us as well, that would have been their confidence sky high for the remaining few games. Goal difference aside, they could have just marched on. The three points for them would have been just crucial. And unfortunately, and I mean this wholeheartedly, one of us is going to go down mm-hmm. with possibly each other or Norwich. It's a shame that both were going down because realistically, what you have showed on that match on Saturday, that you can score goals and the crowd can get behind them, uh, you can do a whole lot better than you have been. And ourselves included. If I could have started the season from January, mm. I'd been delighted because the couple of draws that we've got, they would have turned into wins at a later stage of the season. But unfortunately, we've started a little bit too late, you know, and uh, we need obviously a couple of results to go our way because, yes, it is in our hands, but we've got to do a lot to over to obviously get them points and overcome some good teams on the last five games yourselves included I think you've got Liverpool away haven't you mm-hmm. yeah. which is uh, yeah. 
always good for TV, but never good for huge <laughs> lads generally. Like never mind the Sydney game. That's always the one. Like you know, you think and they and they and form by the way at the moment. How was that result last weekend? Last midweek, sorry, and again the weekend. So yeah, that's the crack. It's a great Monday to have a win, but it's a long way to go yet. Nice to see uh, Big Sam getting out the, the fisticuffs there. Eh? I noticed that. Oh, oh hey, honestly, that's legendary. It, it was handbags <laughs> at ten paces, but it just it's when you if your gaffer done that and it just shows that he's passionate i mean when paul you done it, it just made us an idiot because you know, he was confident like it was ridiculous but the Allardyce just showed his passion it, it was a very tense game you know it wasn't as if we we're both sitting mid-table there was an incident on the pitch sam showed his disgust and i'll tell you what it is he was flicking them aside there was nobody that he was fearing <laughs> on Sunday, giving his age fair play to him and it gets the crowd going it gets the players like you know thinking bloody has his gaffers up for this one and they never let him down so it's a good thing you know and it wasn't too bad what happened it's um grown men you know just standing on the ground fair play to him i'd say did you expect it? Did you expect to win, or did you, at the start of the game? And were you? Because you, you you seem to have a like a really good player in Kershaw, haven't you? He looks to really oh, be God. the main man. Class, no, no. I, I was I, to be honest. I, I did think we should have won last week, and I said that when we chatted last week. Mm. So I I was expecting to beat Norwich. I really felt we had to win, and I, I said that. I think I don't mm. know if you go back last week's radio show. Yeah. I felt that we had so much riding on it that it was do or die. We had to go for goals. And when we got the bricks, we took them. Uh, I think Barini looked lively. And, yeah, I think we're capable of more. I think um, Catamore, there's been some banter on Twitter. I see his Catamore mm. for the Euros in, in England. <laughs> I'm joking because he had his right head on for the match. But, you know, we've got Lawson came back in. So we've got a midfielder there. Catamore's really having a bit of a daft lads game. Lawson's back in among it, uh, and he's proven. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Rodwell on for the rest of the season or the rest of my life, to be honest. So, it's nice to see Lawson back. Catamore having a good game and rallying the troops. So, and then obviously Kirkhoff and Corney, midfield, great. But disappointing one man, Kazri, who I've, I've been champion in the last mm. few weeks since you signed. He had a poor game and he took an early yellow, which is why he was taken off at half time. But great news he brought. Obviously, what more on back from injury again? That's a good sign for us. Yes, sometimes a bit of a headless chicken and runs down the channels into Norway. But, you know, he was determined. He got knocked down one time, got back up, and then obviously made a chance. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the referee actually booked the guy retrospectively a good three, four minutes later for the for the challenge on Watmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was lively as soon as he came on. That went more or less unnoticed because he was booking somebody else at that time. But uh, and then at the end he got a well-deserved goal. I thought he'd actually overcooked it and uh, mm-hmm. and hadn't released it, but he, he got in the end of it. So the three third goal was obviously all important. Like Neil was in for the goal swing, delighted with it. And then obviously Sunday again we've got Arsenal who are. Mm-hmm. A bit shaky, so yeah, confident again for the weekend. But I've been confident before. <laughs> could be a, it could be a, it could be a bumper one, couldn't it, Neil? If if Newcastle do what we that needs to be done tomorrow and beat Man City, even though they they have a great record against us, um, it could really, really be really exciting the next couple of weeks, couldn't it? Well, I, I think we've left ourselves in a position where I think we do have to pull something out. Either at the Murray night or down at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the position realistically we're in. Um, can we do it for this season? Who knows? 
you, I think the one thing that, that we'll probably have to hope is that Man City and Liverpool both have one eye on European aspirations because they've both got semi-finals coming up. Uh, but they're still quite a long way away. I know City was saying they've, they've, they've added company to the squad for tomorrow night. Well, yeah, let's put him on because when he comes back from a calf injury, he seems to break down after 17 minutes. <laughs> so um, uh, th- there's something not right about that either. I mean, somebody that has yeah, so, yeah. so many chronic calf injuries as a professional footballer, there's something I think genuinely, you know, that needs is genuinely a miss there. Um, the, the, we've surrendered to Man City the last few times we've played them. We've literally just gone with a white flag and and, mm. and the Vaseline and, and bent over and said, right, just <laughs> there you go, have three points. Um, mm. I hope we've got something more about with, um, but by God, they played well at the weekend. Mm. Well, and, and, uh, and they've got uh, some horse as well. A- mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And they come in the mood for it, we'll struggle. Even even on the back of a crest of, of a wave and a boost of a 3-0, um, when they decide they want to play, that said, I watched them Man City versus uh, Paris Saint-Germain uh, the, in, in Paris over here uh, the, other, the other week, and mm-hmm. th- three of the four most expensive defenders in the world on the pitch, mm-hmm. and it was like watching our back four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all over the bloody place. Um, so there's obviously... You know, there's obviously something not right there. One wonders what Pellegrini's mindset must be now, knowing where he's at and where the club's at. Um, if Champions League is their main objective, um, then who, who's to say he doesn't rock up and play a team like he did at Chelsea in the FA Cup and we know how that ended. Mm. <laughs> Let's see. What? Um, I, I, I just don't know. I'm not expecting anything. Let's just say that. Mm. Well, our Man City game a couple of weeks ago when I, when you were talking about points lost and you Andrew kept on trying to maybe get us to take up on the, the Southampton game and I, I didn't feel that was you know the, the point that we totally lost. You know, we were mm. happy when if we got a point going away down then come away with a point before and would have maybe took it. It did seem a bit harsh mm. towards them, but the Man City game was the one I stressed that I felt mm. we were robbed of. Certainly, a point we played better, and we did on TV on Saturday. We played better against Man City at home. The midweek game, we dominated them, and I'll tell you what it is. Joe Hart again. He he tried tactics. Uh, mm. I think he actually got booked in that match. He certainly got cautioned mm. verbally for uh, for slow play to, to kick off his time wasting, mm. and ultimately. We dominate that game, but there's your risk. We played particularly well against Man City. Didn't break them down, didn't get a goal, and bang, the hit with, and we ended up with nothing. When three points was actually, if you went on to performance, I think we wouldn't have been uh, unrealistic to expect the three from that game on reflection. Certainly, we should have held on to the 90 minutes and nil-nil, but the done was. So that's the trouble with them. They can't hurt you. They've got God knows how many millions of pounds of the players as have yourselves both players, but these have been there for a while and are mm. performing. Uh, so that's a tough one. I mean, Neil, what you're hoping for them two games you've mentioned, Liverpool and City, what would be your mm. real expectation? Not not which games you get them from, but what you hope to come away mm. points-wise at the end of them two games? If we took two points, if we've got a draw on both, I'd be delighted. Oh. Uh, just, we'll, we'll just talk about this next Monday and see how good we've predicted. Six. Six. I'd be delighted with two points. But actually, I think the steel. I think we need three out of one of them. Mm. I, I, you need to win one and win. 
And yeah. one, one is winnable, but I would say, which we didn't do against City, and I mean, God, I don't know if Rafa does listen to mm-hmm. your show, uh, Andrew, <laughs> but um, if he does, he has to go for it, because yeah, you might forget the goal difference, Neil, it's three points that'll do it. You've got, if you get 6-0, so what? Really, if you go for a game and you, and you get 1-0 up, you've got to go for a second and try and kill it off, because... Yeah. They have got. They, they could score three goals in five minutes. Whatever. I mean, God, what was his uh, goal tally the week? He scored in four goals in no time at all. Aguero, what mm-hmm. was it? So they're capable of totally punishing the team. You've just got mm-hmm. to get at them. And if it, and you've got to start probably tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Saturday's another game, and you've got to get the points in the bag sooner. And, and if you did get stuff down there, you've got your three safely at home. But for us, you know, again, I, I find myself, it is a bit unfortunate, but I, I want you to, we're, we're wishing for you to lose. I know you were almost <laughs> to win on Saturday, but we're wishing you lose because it, it, it has to be you and Norwich, and likewise, mm. you have to think it has to be us and Norwich. That, that's the way it is, and it's a sad yeah. situation, uh, but that's the way we are. Yeah, it's a shame, but thanks for coming on, Keith. It's been a pleasure as ever, problem. and we'll get you on for next week, and we're, we've got obviously more guests on as well, so we'll start and at 6 o'clock, get you ready. On. Yeah, go ahead. You know, just on, on the preview, it, it does tell you to ring in. That telephone number to ring in is a Sunland number. They've got to ring in. They're going to get on the two and talk. Definitely that 5-3 number. It's a Sunland number, but you enjoy it. I hope we get a few callers here, fella. <laughs> All right, nice to chat there, Neil. See you later, fella. Yes, thanks, Keith. Okay, Hello. Back Hello. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs> Well, that's great to have Keith next day on Sunderland, talking about Sunderland, and obviously our telephone number, which he alleges is a Sunderland number. That's a Sunderland fan for you. Well, my next guest on the show this evening with my other guest from Dubai, Neil Mitchell, is Lee Clayton, the head of sport for the Daily Mail and Mail Online, and a not-so-suffering West Ham fan. And that is, that is quite correct, not-so-suffering. Uh, good evening, good evening, gents. Yeah, it's um, it's been a good West, it's been a good season for West Ham, so I'm smiling, um, and I guess you guys are as well after the result of the weekend, which was uh, a hugely significant and important result, particularly after Sunderland had won at Norwich. So uh, um, uh, it's going to be a really. I always like this part of the season when it's it's the business end of the season, isn't it? Whatever whatever's gone on before. You know, huge pressure on performances, huge pressure on results, um, and you know, plenty 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 to play for. What do you think on, obviously, Neil, we were talking Neil and uh, uh, um, Keith on the incident at Leicester. What was your take on yesterday? Because I, I must admit, I was, I've been quite surprised. I'm sure your paper's going to run it later, but I'm quite surprised that they took him out. He's, not, he's been relieved of his duty and he won't be playing again uh, probably till the week after the referee. And I thought he did okay, but what, what, do you, what was your take on it? I thought it was an impossible game to referee. You know, the, th- the thing is, you know, you try not to bring this bias into into my work. Um, I came in this morning really sort of strongly of the view that Leicester were very aggressive uh, and, and, the, and the, they did a job on West Ham. Mm-hmm. And one of our columnists is Martin Keown, and I always mm-hmm. love talking to Martin about the dark, dark arts of the penalty <laughs> box because, yes. you know, I, we all remember what he was like as a player. <laughs> and, and, and I tell you, he's the sort of player Newcastle could do with now because he defended yep. for his life. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's fascinating hearing him. So, so we, we're carrying this uh, in tomorrow's Daily Mail. And mm-hmm. he was saying that, he was saying that, that 
West Ham were very aggressive towards Leicester and West Ham um, adopted certain tactics in the penalty box um, to try to sort of uh, to, to, to create a blocking system so that Andy Carroll could take advantage towards towards the end after he, he came on um, and all the Leicester defenders Morgan and Huth did was just to stand up to that I don't agree with it but it's Martin's view he knows a bit more about defending than I do and he, he was just making the point that Leicester took on the attitude as this was their territory this penalty box is, is it's, he said when you're a defender it's like it's like you take the attitude you're coming into my house and I'm going to deal with you coming into my house that's what the penalty box is like and I think you know teams these days so much focus is on attack that the defending like that defending for your life defending as if your life depends on it has almost gone out of the game and and so when Martin oh. talks about it I find it really interesting and 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 you know as I say he is somebody who knew quite quite a bit about some of the dark arts of of uh, of, of the penalty spot what do you think, Neil? Well, I think defending is not that's going out of the game totally. I know what I've, I've seen over here. I mean, there's something like 26 different soccer schools over here in Dubai. Uh, and I've got to know, you know, two or three of the lads that run them quite well. And, and you see sort of lads doing crazy turns in the, right back in their own 18-yard box. Well, goalkeepers do it now, don't they? Goalkeepers well, yeah, try to crazy turns. Yeah. And, every, and everybody's getting applauded for it, and I'm tearing <laughs> my air out on the sidelines, thinking, what are you doing, son? Just get rid of it. Um, and I think there is a bit of a, a, a loss of that art of defending. Um, my, my issue with a referee is not that he was bad or good, it was just that he was inconsistent. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's what stuffs games up. If you've got a consistently bad referee, over the course of the game, the players will adapt to the decisions he's making, and it, it, it'll sort of, it'll not even out, but players will get used to that if he's applying the things the same way. It's the fact that you had incidents like he gave the, the pull um, by Morgan, but then didn't give the pull on Hoof, which was probably worse. And, yeah. and, and so it's like, what are you doing? Also, though, if you give pulls like that for a penalty, there's going to be 10 penalties a game. It, 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 it's madness. It, it, it just it seems like he's just totally lost the plot. As hard a game as it was probably the referee, and yes, lots of pressure in that situation, I think he's just lost the plot totally. The thing is that West Ham is such a f- so good a team now, Leon, because they just seem to have a, another level which you, th- you feel when they go to the, the new stadium that they're really, really going to go for it. Just had some shocking decisions though recently, um, and I think mm. that if you, you know, I, I, I said that I thought they conceded too many soft goals recently. Mm. So they're winning two one at Chelsea, they draw two two. They're winning two one against Crystal Palace, they draw two two. They're winning three two against Arsenal, mm. they draw three three. They're winning two one at Leicester, they draw two two. So mm. I mean, they're entertaining to watch. There's no question about that. Dimitri Payet has been an absolutely fabulous signing, and and you know, I always I always look at teams and I and I sort of think, where's your identity? Where's your identity? I think it. Re- I really think it's strongly about Newcastle and Sunderland. Where's your identity? Where are your homegrown players? Where are your local players coming through? And I think there was a bit of a risk that for West Ham they were losing a bit of identity as well. Mm. And then Payet, okay, you know he's come from abroad, he's a continental player. He's come from Marseille. He had a good season last season, but he's just. 
you know, he's almost like the leader of the pack in the way that he plays. It's lifted the atmosphere, and the atmosphere at Upton Park has not been good for quite a long time. It's almost that kind of, okay, you, you, are you going to entertain us or are we going to lift you? I think the fans obviously didn't have that affection for Sam Allardyce, even though, and I, and I, and I really insist this, he did a good job, um, but there was never that kind of warmth and connection between the two. Um, but Payet has given the team that, and, and it's, uh, it's been whatever happens, whatever happens between now and the end of the season, it's been a great great joy to watch West Ham this season and I'm a season ticket holder there it's a privilege to watch them play and as you say now they move to the new stadium it could give them the next level but at the same time I think people can't get too carried away because as we know it takes a settling in period when you move into a new stadium it must be quite invigorating though to go to work and then to chat with Martin Keown <laughs> that, that, that must be like the thing is it, it comes across really well on TV and he's very honest when he's obviously in your paper talking about the arts of the arts of football yeah. and even when you th- when I looked at the Leicester thing yesterday when when Vardy was pointing at the referee and it was very quick it wasn't a sustained attack against him and the thing is it's everything it's everything to play for and that game sh- you know ex- was exactly what it should be like I wouldn't say a Man United Arsenal stage of things but it, to me you know any team I'm I'm actually surprised actually that nobody's said to Martin Martin can you come in speak to us di- speak to our defenders because really he's he's got one of these the way that he thinks about the game it is on a it's on such a knowledgeable level it would it would be invaluable to any team wouldn't he wouldn't he but our Arsenal defence that we're all familiar with, um, they, they, they knew how to defend. You know, we were talking there earlier, Neil was mentioning about people forgetting the, the art of defending. They mastered that art, that Lee Dixon, Keown or Steve Bold, uh, Tony Adams, Nigel Winterburn. You know, there were all sorts of stories at the time that George Graham used to tie, tie them in a rope. <laughs> And they used to kind of walk, walk up as a back four, walk back as a back four, and had to stay in a, in, a, in, in a line. And that's how they learned their business. And they spent a lot of time on the training pitch um, concentrating and focusing on what it was like to, uh, to stop the opposition. And, and, you know, okay, one nil to the Arsenal was the sort of regular line. And in many respects, Leicester, with the way they play counter-attacking football, similar to that. Eight clean sheets in 12 games. And, and Morgan and Hoos... What a story that is about what they've done, those two guys. You know, you could call them journeymen, maybe. That wouldn't be too rude, I hope, because they're guys who, who know what they do. They know their job. But, you know, Wes Morgan was knocking around at Nottingham Forest and came on the, came on the cheap. Robert Hooth was out the team at Stoke, came on the cheap. But the way the two of them defend. And again, you know, I, when, I, when, I look at, when I look at Newcastle, and I think Big Sam has really tightened up Sunderland, but when I, when I look at Newcastle, if you're a striker, I really think you're going to look at that and fancy your chances of scoring against Newcastle. And Sergio Aguero, um, obviously coming to town, he's on 99 Premier League goals, going for the century, and, and he'll be licking his lips, I imagine, at the prospect of, of facing that Newcastle defence, because they still, even winning 3-0 against Swansea, which was a big, big result, as you guys have been talking about this evening, I still thought they looked rocky at the back, and there was still a chance that, had Swansea taken, taken a chance at 1-0, then who knows what might have happened. I must admit that when I saw Williams miss that, I just, I think every Newcastle United support in the land thought that was going to go straight in the back of the net the net yeah. it was going to bulge and the pressure would then come on um, what's, what's been your take on the fact that we waited so long to bring in a manager uh, after you know when, it, when McLaren it's just it's quite startling isn't it really that 
what's been going on and obviously the background of Jonas Gutierrez as well now enveloping the club but the fact that we've now got a manager compared to a head coach uh, what's been your take on on Steve McLaren because obviously he's got a lot of friends in the media I understand all that but he came in he came in it's such a such a weird way and he, he seemed to be on the back foot from the start I thought he was a weak manager. I think Newcastle deserved better. I've got to say, I, I perhaps should declare that when I was a reporter on the road, it was my favourite mm-hmm. ground to come and cover football. I used to love the whole experience mm-hmm. of arriving in the city, coming out the train station, and just feeling on match days the whole place coming alive right from the start. I came up a couple of years ago when uh, Alan Pardew, who, who I know quite well, was manager, and uh, I brought my friend up because he'd never had the experience of, of coming to St James's, um, and I brought him up because I wanted him to experience what I'd experienced. I was there for the Barcelona game in Europe. I was mm, there for was the, there. Yeah. the Manchester United, um, uh, Philip Albert chip and the destruction of Manchester United. So I had great experiences of coming to St. James's Park as a reporter. And, and it, it, I don't like to see Newcastle in this state. I always, it, these are cliches that you guys would have heard many, many times <laughs> before, but Newcastle don't deserve to be in this position in the sense that those supporters deserve to have a more successful team, a more focused team. They, they deserve to have homegrown players in their team that have been brought through the development system. I can't understand why a club like Newcastle is such a catchment area. Don't have talented young footballers knocking on the door, desperate to get into the, into the first-team squad. This obsession with buying from abroad with mm-hmm. players who, to me, feel like they're, they're, they're too, many, too many mercenaries. They were just mm-hmm. passing through, looking for the next opportunity. And so I think the recent acquisitions have been decent. You know, I, I think Wijnaldum is a good player. And, and if, if Newcastle do go down, I can see him moving in the summer to a, to a big Premier League club. Um, I think Townsend is a good, honest, hard-working player who will put great energy into the team, play very well on Saturday. And John Joe Shelby, I'm, I'm still, I've watched him since he was about 15 mm-hmm. when he was coming through at Charlton in the academy. Then he got into the Charlton first team. I've always enjoyed watching him play. Mm-hmm. Liverpool obviously released him for a reason, sold him on for a reason. Swansea sold him on for a reason. But he's got the platform here at Newcastle. If he can get on the ball and he can play, he's got terrific range of passing, left foot and right foot. And okay, I know there have been some disciplinary issues with him in the past, and I know that there's always this suspicion of him that, that he doesn't really go through the gears quick enough. But I think that somebody like John Joe Shelby has got a touch of magic, and Newcastle need Shelby pulling the strings, Mitrovic with his big strength and power up front, occupying the centre halves. I think this team's got a chance of getting out. Um, and and you know if, I, if I'm looking at the table. It's got to be two from three now uh, who are going to go down. Uh, Defoe at Sunderland, who, who I think is a terrific goal scorer. Mm-hmm. But if I look at these two teams, I still think that Newcastle have got a better team than Sunderland. And really, it's down to who's got a better manager. And Big Sam against Rafa, we've seen it over the years, whether it was at Liverpool, whether it was at Bolton, whether it was at Chelsea, whether it was at West Ham. There's always been that tension and rivalry between mm-hmm. the two. And this could be the biggest battle of all, because whoever wins this battle stays in the Premier League. Neil? Huge, isn't it? Absolutely huge. And, and I think it's interesting that you, you, you make no mention of Norwich there. Do you think Norwich have shot that boat? I just think that was a big result, Neil, on, uh, at the weekend. Yeah. You know, for Sunderland to go there, it looked a bit deflated to me, Norwich. You know, looking around mm. their team and wondering where their players were. And, and we, you know, we know about momentum, don't we? And Newcastle have been looking yes. for that momentum. That was a big result. And obviously mm. now they play their game in hand um, against, against Manchester City. Um, and and, and I, just, I just felt, if you, look at those, if you look at the three teams, I do feel that, New, that Norwich are down. Uh, and then it's down, it's down to the other two. And it's, um, you know, looking at 
the fixtures, I think Newcastle got a chance. But what 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 is it with Shelby? Is he? I mean, yeah. is, he didn't start the weekend. What was the reason behind that? Well, he's, he's had he's, Neil. Yeah. he's had the he's had the captain's armband, and I actually yeah. just think it's been too big too big for him. Yeah. I think giving him the captain's armband wasn't a sensible move at all. It was quite a baffling move for me. And, that was and, McLaren, and wasn't he, it? McLaren gave that yes, to him. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I think we haven't... Uh, we got that first game out of him where he played two or three sublime passes. Yeah. And then he's kind of disappeared a little bit. Um, and I think giving him the armband was possibly an idea to bring him out of his shell. And it did, for me, it's done exactly the opposite. Right. Interestingly, he then gives the armband to Sissoko, which was <laughs> equally as a baffle in the choice. However, he, it seemed to drag him out of his shell. So, hey, what do I know? Um, but, um, yeah, I think that's, that's it. I think that armband's just been weighing too heavy on his arm. Uh, There's a lack of leaders, he, isn't there? Lack of leaders in the oh, squad, you can, you can from, see that. From top to bottom in the club, there is a lack of leadership. From the owner, who was an owner by uh, distance, uh, he's, he's an absentee owner almost, uh, to the MD, to the playing staff, to the academy staff, because we're, we're academy teams are now in a habit of getting thumped 4-5-1 on a weekly basis. That. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it's a mess. And that's, that, for me, is the crux of the season. If, if you've heard us whittling on all, all season on here, leadership is one of the key words that comes up over and over and over again. And that's, that's the bottom line. In a word, what's wrong with Newcastle United? Leadership. The problem is, uh, Lee, it's that obviously Steve Stone, uh, slowly but surely, uh, coming on the media circuit, he turned around and he says, uh, Newcastle United, from the top, did not want leaders in that club. They just want the players to go out, play, make the money, and then they'll make money back on them. But it was act- actively not, uh, they were actively not looking for that. But you're only as strong as your leaders, I think. And, 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 you know, if you're, if you're confident in your business and confident with what you're about, you just want strong people around you. You don't feel threatened by that. You just want as many good people around you as you can possibly get. And, and OK, look, you know, we're all being wise after the event on Leicester. I've got to put my hand up. I thought they'd struggle this season. I think I've probably tipped them for relegation. In fact, I know I tipped them for relegation. So, <laughs> so that just makes me a complete clown when it comes to, to, to tips. But now you see the way that Morgan and Hoos are just bossing it and, and dominating dominating centre of defence. Kante in front of them obviously has been a revelation. Um, but when I look at the Newcastle team, and, 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 and like I say, that was, that was closer than the 3-0 results suggest at the weekend. Oh, just not enough. There's nobody grabbing people, dragging them around, mm. putting them in position. And there's nobody commanding. And, and um, Manchester City will exploit that tomorrow night if, if, if they enable them to do so. And that's, that's, that's got to be a bit of a concern. I, one, two people looked as if they were they played a bit better at the weekend. Hope that that gives them some confidence um, and, and that it sort of propels them forward. Uh, but, but definitely, you just if you look at all of those teams, if you, if you look down over the years, you know, I, I, keep, I was watching recently some uh, videos of that Liverpool team under Bob Paisley. Mm-hmm. Graham Souness. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, I know he wasn't the most successful manager of Newcastle. Um, I think he's terrific in the Sunday Times and, and, and very good on Sky. But what a player he was. He dragged people around all over the place to make sure they were doing their jobs at, at Liverpool. You need to have at least down the spine of your team leaders, communicators, people who are people who are able to drag, dra- drag others around. And I mean, you know, look at Arsenal. So Arsenal at West Ham a couple of weeks ago. They haven't got that. 
you know, they haven't got, they haven't got mm. leaders and communicators through the team. Andy Carroll obviously is looking at that, licking his lips with absolute <laughs> joy, ping the ball into the mixer. Carroll in the air, you know, looked like he was jumping about 68 foot in the air, but of course he wasn't, and, and, and scores a hat-trick because, you know, he made mincemeat of that Arsenal defence. And, and if, you know, obviously Manchester City play a very, very different way. Aguero's movement, as we know, is, is exceptionally quick across the ground. Looks like he's back on his game. And Newcastle are going to absolutely have to be 100% switched on. And they are going to need to find some leaders in that team in terms of communication, movement, doing their jobs. Or else that could be pretty brutal tomorrow night. Yeah, I think uh, I've, it worked. I must admit, we're absolutely... We're talking about the, what team they could play. And I must admit, I'm petrified because the problem is that they've got they've got a they've got a game obviously the weekend I believe so um, you can't imagine them playing um, Kevin De Bruyne because he played 90 minutes uh, on at Chelsea but you you can just imagine though that that full team that played went full tilt against Chelsea will come to come up to rock up to James's Park but I do believe with Rafa Benitez in charge. He'll have a game plan, and he mm. wants to win that game. I think if that's the game he wants to, you know, he's come back. When he when he came back, was it was it, I get uh, was it a shock to you? Because I must admit, I feel it all started with the superb commentary and the writing of Craig Hope. Well, Craig uh, broke the story about about Rafa Rafa coming in, and um, you know I've got to say I think it was a smart move by Newcastle because I think he's a he's an excellent coach. Um, but what has he got to work with? You know, when he came into yeah. Liverpool, you know, he obviously had good players to work with. In Real Madrid, you and I could coach that team. But, but you know, he's come into Newcastle. He's late in the day. They're not his players. He hasn't selected them. He hasn't had a transfer window. Um, but, but uh, you know, I think he's still the man to fight this fire. And, you know, there's been some criticism about him being potentially a temporary manager and potentially, you know, this deal that he may or may not stay at the end of the season. Who cares? And let him get in and do his job now and then review everything once once you come to the end of the season. There has been a lot of bad luck with injuries, the two goalkeepers being out. Um, the, the odds seem to be stacked against him, but I sense he likes that. Um, mm. And, uh, no, I, I think he's a good appointment, a good choice. I agree with you. He'd be licking his lips. Uh, the prospect of Manchester City tomorrow night um, and, and the task at hand. But I just wonder if De Bruyne had stayed fit all season, you know, we're looking oh, yeah. at those categories for football of the year. And I'm a member of the Football Writers Association, so I get the chance to uh, vote for the football of the year. And uh, it's pretty difficult not to vote for a Leicester player. I think, I think uh, 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 Vardy obviously has had a very good season, although you know, there have been one or two moments that, that you sort of look at that and, and slightly wonder if, if he fits the bill. Um, uh, Mares has been terrific, and I think probably I favour that at the moment. I think Kane's had a good season. Payet obviously has had a very good season too. Kante. But De Bruyne would have been in the mix had he stayed fit, because he's a terrific player, isn't he? And we saw at the weekend, great bursts of pace, clever running. He's a very good finisher too as we've seen recently in the Champions League and so if he doesn't play tomorrow night and he is absent or he's on the bench then that'll be a relief for Newcastle but he'll still be somebody who could come on and change the game if City need it later on. Neil what's your feeling for tomorrow? Well I think we'll be looking to get a draw to be honest with you um, but as I say I watched them play PSG a couple of weeks ago with three of the four world's best most expensive defenders on the pitch and it was like watching our back four <laughs> I mean, it, that, that was just, uh, it was it was quite remarkable. I was sitting with a mix of um, mix of Emirati, um, Man City and uh, 
Paris Saint-Germain fans and some of them were sitting quite literally open mouthed. You know, it was the kind of football they're not really used to seeing at the at the very top flight. It was quite comedy cuts. So um, let's hope they come and have a night like that because if they do, it could be interesting. Um, but the likelihood is, and and you know, statistics would suggest they're not. I mean, we we usually get two humiliations a year off of off of Man City, and I just hope we don't get another one tomorrow. I think Mitrovic is key to the game, um, and and yeah. I think the other thing is with so much spotlight being on referees at the moment, and so many talking about grappling in the box, I, I, I think a good bet for tomorrow night will be a penalty at either end. But I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind betting that Mitrovic will will will, will win something for Newcastle tomorrow night. I'm not saying the game, but mm-hmm. we'll get a decision that goes in his favour up against those two Manchester City centre backs, as you mentioned, Neil. You know, they, they, they don't look mm-hmm. the strongest. Um, you know, they don't look the most confident. And if the ball's in around in and around them, the quality's good enough. They get the ball into the box, in Newcastle. Come into the game as underdogs by all means. Mm-hmm. Get the crowd behind them, and and uh, I think there's half a chance tomorrow night for a, for an upset. Half a chance. What was your thoughts on Andy Carr? Because obviously he, the gated angel himself, uh, he, he left to go to West Ham. Worst decision ever, I think Newcastle <laughs> have made when it comes to football. I think it's irrespective of the fact that he's been injured since he since he was here and he went away. But um, to me, there's rumblings that uh, West Ham will be looking to take offers. Um, I think they seem to want a certain type of player there. Uh, you, and obviously, I'm not, I know you're not a room monger, but uh, do you think he'll be there at, uh, at the start of next season? It's a good talking point. Um, it's been discussed quite a bit around uh, West West Ham at the moment. The supporters talking about it um, seems to be a bit of a mix. Of, of the view on him. I am a huge, huge Andy Carroll fan. I think you've got to be some kind of snob if you don't rate Andy Carroll mm. and what he can bring to your team. You know, and, and I think that West Ham have... have uh, there's a general feeling that may come from the boardroom that they haven't really got value for money out of him. Mm. He's a big transfer fee for West Ham at the time. He's on big wages. He's had terrible injuries. There's been sort of suggestions that hasn't necessarily applied himself at all times. I don't care about any of that. I think he's a terrific player. And when he's in the team, he makes such a difference to West Ham. And he destroyed Arsenal. It was, it was terrific to watch. Great old-fashioned centre-forward play. You know, I grew up watching, watching football when every team had a centre-forward. You know, whether that was a sort of Mark Haley type or, you know, Billy Whitehurst or mm. Mick Harford yeah. or those kind of guys. Peter Wiz. Yeah. Peter Wiz. We had David Cross at West Ham. You know, big, strong guys, led the line, put it about, a real menace. To, to defenders and, but of course now that's out of fashion but that means that nobody's got that type of player or very few clubs have got that player Mitrovic could well grow into being that player mm-hmm. for Newcastle but West Ham have it in Andy Carroll yeah. so none of this talk of selling him keep him by all means buy other strikers and have support and mix it up from time to time and sometimes play two up sometimes play one up he didn't start against Leicester but he terrorised them when he came on from the mm-hmm. bench so I want West Ham to keep him although I know there'll be some, some just draw towards the North East because he loves Newcastle mm-hmm. with a passion you know, still a great Newcastle fan. He makes no secret of that fact. Mm. Um, but uh, but if, as a West Ham fan, I would dearly love for him to stay. I think his work isn't finished yet at West Ham, uh, and 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 I and, and I hope that continues into the new season, into the new stadium. And I think he's still a great asset. Neil, do you think they'll sell him? I think they will. Um, I think any players for sale at any club at the right price. It's as simple as that. I don't think there's any 
any, I don't think anybody's out of bounds these days. And I think if somebody was to come along with an offer that they felt was acceptable, I think they would take it. I think I think the one thing that Lee makes is a good point is, is about buying players to mix it up and give give a mm-hmm. different look. My personal feeling is, is far too often when you get clubs and they've got a mix in a squad that they've got a plan A and then plan B is just a different version of plan A. They swap players who are like for like and they don't really have a way of mixing up and I think we've been guilty of that this season to, to, to a lesser extent. More, more due to injuries and things like that, to be honest. But, um, and, I, and I think Andy Carroll as a style of player, that style of player has gone out of fashion with the advent of this coaching obsession with zone 14 and inverted wingers and everybody wanting to tuck in and come into this area in the middle. And so as we lose width, we're going to naturally lose crosses and we're going to naturally lose the the, 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 the type of play that gives an Andy Carroll an advantage. And I think that's, that, that's, I think the game's poor for it. I think we should be, um, I think some of this coaching obsession with certain things that then gets misconstrued the way position of maximum opportunity was, for example, in the, in the, in the 80s, you know, and just became basically a big long ball game. Um, you don't, and nobody wants to say anything devolving, anything like that. And I think, I think there's got to still be a place for that kind of striker in the game, but you need to supply the right kind of service too. What do you think, Lee? Every time I hear, the, the, the thing I like about Bilic is that he comes out and he says exactly what's on his mind. And when he talks about Andy Carroll, he always, he, he always says he he doesn't. Um, I got, I, is he is he having a burger after work? Is he is is he not is he not eating the right stuff? Because it, there's so many connotations to what he's actually saying. But what is he actually saying? Well, I think he's. I think as a manager, he's slightly frustrated that. that he thinks there's so much more to come out of Andy. Mm. You know, well, he, does, he doesn't just want to see him play against Arsenal and score a hat-trick. Everybody starts talking about him playing for England again. I yeah. think he wants to see him consistently, consistently score more goals. Hasn't scored enough goals. Hasn't mm. been fit enough. Um, uh, as, as, as you suggest, uh, often people are alluding to the reasons for that. But from what I can see, it seems pretty settled. You know, he's in a relationship. He's had his kid. Um, I think he is, he is more settled. Um, but I think, I think Slavon Bilic, as you say, speaks a really good game. Um, uh, he's a charismatic guy, and I think his team is a reflection of that. And I think he wants more out of Andy Carroll. And, and uh, I'll be interested to see the West Ham play Watford on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, Played him against Arsenal, played him against Manchester United, dropped him on, on Sunday, brought him on, made a big difference. Is he back in the team against Watford? Because um, if, if West Ham have got some time off after that, unfortunately, not in the FA Cup semi-final. And so I would hope to go to Upton Park on, on, uh, on Wednesday and see Andy Carroll at his best again against Watford because he needs to sustain it and he, need, he needs to maintain the consistency. Terrific player, great asset to West Ham, I think. Yeah, if if he did go, how much do you think they'll get? They they would want because he's on a hundred grand a week, isn't he? Yeah, well, the selling club, the selling club will obviously want a maximum amount of money. They look to, I would imagine, if you're West Ham, he's twenty-seven, I think, isn't he? So you, yeah, if you're if you're West Ham, you're going to look to get back the money you paid, which is you know fifteen odd million pounds. But if you're a buying club, you're going to say, well, he hasn't played enough games, and and you know how about we pay five million up front, mm. and then we pay a million pound when he scores you know ten goals, and a million pound when he plays hundred games, and a million pound when he plays ten games for England. 
that's a, that, something like that would be a cracking deal for a buying club. Um, but but I'm not entirely sure how many clubs will want to make that gamble. It seems a natural fit for him to come back to Newcastle at some stage in his career, and and you know not not as a sort of you know last knock-ins walking around on a walking stick. But he's still a young man. Um, uh, it, it, there'll be a contract situation at some point at West Ham. Uh, I believe he may have a year or possibly two years left on his contract. Um, and then once that happens, I'm sure that, that, that it'll come onto the market. But I do hope, as a West Ham fan, that doesn't ha- happen yet because um, I, 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 he, he does make a difference when he plays. It was funny, actually. I was going to mention Gary Neville because he's being, uh, Jimmy Carragher's playing a little game, I think, tonight with uh, <laughs> saying somebody from Spain could be on the team. It's interesting about Gary Neville because um, he was being linked with Newcastle. Newcastle fans love his uh, enthusiasm, the way he talks. Uh, obviously, it went a bit pear-shaped in Spain. Do you think because of the language barrier, that the problem that he didn't speak Spanish before he went there went against him? Yeah, it was a tricky situation for him, I thought. A really difficult job to take on as his first job. Um, clearly, he's got something to offer. He knows the game. Um, but but whatever Newcastle will do next, I don't think they can make a gamble. I think he's a gamble, Gary. You know, because it'd be his first game in in English, sorry, his first job in English football, um, and and you know we see what happens when clubs make a gamble. Aston Villa made a gamble. Um, you know, they're in they're in a situation where they they need to change their manager. They're struggling. They're bringing Remy Gard. Remy Gard. I'm I'm really sorry. I hope this doesn't come across as being too insulting. What does Remy Gard know about the Premier League, the battle at the bottom of the league, signing signing the right players for the relegation battle? And what does he know about Aston Villa? And look at the mess that Aston Villa are in now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that whoever Newcastle will point next, if it's not Rafa, <coughs> excuse me, whoever Newcastle will point next needs to be somebody who understands the club, understands the identity of the club, and is, is somebody who can take them forward and really tap into the, the, the charisma around the, around, around the stands because that's what... Slavin Bilic has done for West Ham. Um, it, it, there's that connection between the supporters and the manager and the team. And, and from what I'm hearing at St. James's at the weekend, mm. there was the start of that connection between the Newcastle fans and Rafa Benitez. And that is a real potent asset to have. And mm. so whatever Newcastle do next, they need to appoint the right man. Great stuff. <laughs> so tell me, before you go, what do you think... Uh, Newcastle's next two results will be. Do you think they'll win one of them, or do you think they'll lose both? Well, I, I can see them getting something against Manchester City. It's been a real sort of up and down, topsy turvy season, hasn't it? Um, mm. And then Liverpool. You just never quite know what Liverpool team turn up, <laughs> and it's such an emotional game for Rafa. Um, going back to Anfield, where they they adore him uh, for what he achieved in, in winning the Champions League. Um, they have very fond memories of him there. Um, I can see Newcastle getting a point tomorrow night, and who knows if that can then enable them to bounce on into the weekend um, against the Liverpool team that, you know, is sort of they made they made ten changes at Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. They've obviously got you know a reasonable sized squad. He's got a bit of momentum going about him. Klopp, you know, he's a charismatic, dynamic guy. Um, Newcastle need to make sure out of these next two games they get a minimum of a point, um, and, and if they can get two points, that would be a job well done. Great stuff. Thanks so much for coming on, Lee. Have, have Thanks, a word with Martin. Have a word with Martin. Maybe we'll get Thanks, him on to have a chat. It'd be wonderful to have him on. My I'll goodness. Be ha- I'll be happy to do so. I'll pass that <laughs> Thanks. on. Thanks, Lee. We'll have you on again right, soon. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Cheers, Bye-bye. now. Yeah. Bye-bye. Cheers. Great guest is Lee, isn't he? Very knowledgeable, right. full of passion. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Lee, for coming on. Uh, I know you're busy with uh, your paper, but what a fantastic 
guy to have on. Uh, we're going to bring in the next guest this evening, and that is Kev, the Newcastle United fan. Um, his uh, oh, his own what do you call it? I'm getting lost in my thoughts as usual. Uh, his own tag on Twitter is 1892. Where if you're looking to write something on Newcastle United in the comments in the next season, um, contact Kev, and he will uh, get give you his email address so he can. Do some writing and get it out there for all Newcastle United fans to listen to. Good evening, Kev. How are you? Good evening. I'm a bad fan here yourself. I'm not too bad. I've obviously got Neil uh, Neil Mitchell from in Dubai in the show as well. So tell me, yep. it's nice, isn't it, to have a, 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 actually go to work and obviously be on this show and, and talk about new, a great, a nice Newcastle United win? Yeah, I mean, it was an okay, sorry, an okay performance. Um, mm. You know, it was better. Starting point, um, still a long way from safety. Um, we've got to, we've got to keep working. You know, if you're on the ground, it's not, we're not safe. Um, far from it. We've still got a, a massive mountain to climb. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was nice to get up this morning and go to work and you know be able to actually say, oh, right, we've won. You know, scored three goals, clean sheet. Was it? it I think um, people weren't sure about what was going to happen with Shelby. And now we saw it, and the, the probably the main thing is that um, Shelby wasn't even told he was going to be dropped from the team, and obviously he gave the captaincy to um, he gave the captaincy to Musa Sissoko, which caused its own controversy. But um, he seems to know what he's doing, is Rafa, doesn't he? Well, I mean, I was I was quite surprised at the, the dropping of Shelby. I'll be honest, um, and I was even more surprised at Sissoko being the captain's armband, <laughs> given it. Um, <laughs> Uh, that was a huge shock. Um, what I do think, uh, you know, Sissoko played better. I don't think he was fantastic. Uh, so there's a long way to go before he, you know, he gets the fans back on side and a lot of performances to put in. Uh, but he was better. Um, Benitez obviously, you know, looked at it and thought, what can I do? Um, what, what can I sort around to make me maybe more efficient? Uh, it seemed to have worked, but I mean, you know, at one point in the game, Swansea had three edge chances to, to to put us to bed basically mm-hmm. you know it could have been three one up um so we got a bit lucky on that front um but yeah it works you know what i mean it worked and, and we're three points needed um which which is a, a relief really yeah it was a it was uh, it was a shock i think at the start wasn't it neil that um you know they left out mm. shelby and he, he gave the captain armband to probably Public enemy number one, I think, in, in Newcastle United circles this season. Um, but I think the excuse he gave, didn't he? He said it was because um, the French speakers um, think he's a top a top player. Well, do you know, perhaps it's a bit of reverse psychology. Maybe he's one of these players that genuinely needs to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't feel loved, he goes back into his shell and giving him... The armband. I'm, I'm just shooting from the from the lip here, really, to be honest. Mm. Um, it, it, it sort of puzzled us from the minute the team was announced. And the reaction, you know, with the lads I was watching with was one of sort of quite incredulity, to be honest. And um, there has to be a reasoning behind it. And perhaps he is just one of those players that needs, to, needs a big cuddle every five minutes and being reminded that he's a top lad. But like Ben Arthur, Ben Arthur needed a mm. lot of you know, uh, a lot of love and a lot of effort. Um, uh, and so maybe it's, maybe it's that. Um, it was quite surprising. Uh, I was surprised to see Shelby drop, but I, as I said earlier, I, I think 
the bottom line for Shelby is that armband weighed very heavy on him. And I think it's too much. I think he's just got to be allowed to play. Um, and I think Benitez seems keen to pick teams for teams for games and he'll mix it up again. I don't think you play the same team tomorrow night. I think you'll mix it up again. Mm. What do you think? What do you think he's going to? I think he'll. He looks like he, he looks like he will change the team tomorrow. Kev, who do you fancy yeah. to to start? Because I think it could be Mitrovic and Cisse. Um, I wouldn't start Cisse. I wouldn't have him anywhere near the team. I have. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God, what you know? The, the guy. I I I was lost to his performance um, on Saturday. I, I I was baffled by it. I couldn't believe you know these players get chances and. <laughs> They're coming at the team and he was appalling. He really was. He didn't. He didn't get involved. He wasn't holding the ball up. He wasn't doing anything. You know, he was offside again, straight. You know, uh, you've got you've got to stop Mitrovic. When Mitrovic was on, he looked dangerous. He, he he gave the defenders a problem. He hassled them. You know, Perez as well. Perez made things happen. Uh, maybe start the same team, but switch Perez. Uh, sorry, switch Mitrovic and. Um, Say around um, and go from there. Um, see how we're getting on, and then if you need to bring Perez on again, like etc., you, you do. Um, but do you not think the crux? Do you not think the crux in this whole thing is the the continued non-play of Wijnaldum? I I just think well, I think his best position is a ten roll. I really do, um, and he's not getting played there. Why I don't know. You know, we we can sit and watch the games. Where we've got an opinion. Um, it sounds the manager to pick the team. Um, you know, I think Wijnaldum's best position is the 10 role. He, he comes from deep. He times his, his runs well. Um, at the start of the season, he was scoring goals because of that, because of where he was coming from. And, you know, he was coming at the box at the right time. But he looks he looks flat out, I think, um, Wijnaldum. He might need a rest, you know. Uh, he looks tired. Um, I don't know. I, I just think he's a number 10. I think that's the problem. Do you think that, uh, it's interesting what he says about 10, Neil. Um, the thing was, the 10 rule seemed to maybe be taken by Sissoko, and he seems to, it just it came across that he um, he seems to enjoy the role instead of being on the wing. What do you think, Neil? Well, it, 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 it's another one of these situations this season that I still say, and I know I think I've said this God knows how many times, how many number 10s do we need in the squad? Yeah. And people need roles defined for them. And if, if they're not happy with the roles, then on you move. If you're not happy to... If you want to go in the huff and not perform because you're not playing where you want to play, uh, then get the back of the queue. Um, I think Perez has looked... Look, he's certainly not built on the season he had last season. I was hoping he would really kick on. Mm. But to be honest with you, in our club at the minute and in that team... Can anybody really kick on? Uh, I think it's probably hard to judge anybody on this season. Um, and, I, and I think let's just hope that Benitez is around next season because I think the pre-season under Benitez and with a bit of planning, I think we could see a lot of different things from a lot of players. So um, I, I think we're focused at the minute just has to be game by game, building the points and hoping we dig ourselves out of the brown smelly stuff. Uh, and then see where we're at come once the fat lady is singing. It's going to be, a, I think uh, Kerry's going to be a game tomorrow that should be off the hook. Barnstorming game where Newcastle United, irrespective of the fact that we won on Saturday, we have to go after Man City and knock them off their block. 
because this is the one game that sets up the other games in we're at home. We should go after him. I think you sense with Benitez that he's really he, he he knows he needs to win this game because it sets up the whole weeks moving forward, and then obviously the Liverpool game, which could be an, another classic. Uh, but you you feel that there's going to be changes again tomorrow. But he has to look at the the play of Wijnaldum, in my opinion. Um. Well, I think I think tomorrow's a free game, but I do mm. think we need to win. Um. You know, if it's come down to it, where if we win tomorrow, we're level on points, and we've got two games again before Norwich even play a game. That's I can't believe that three games before they kick the ball. Mm. No, we could be six it's points above them. It's very very unlikely, but we could be six points above them. Start a play Saturday or six to nine. Yeah. Tomorrow night is huge. Um, you know, it's a huge game now. We've got a bit of confidence. Get it, Man City, like you say, and you know that the crumble. They're not. They're not the team of last year. They're finding a bit of form now. I guarantee the back of their minds the Champions League semi-finals on on the mind. There's no way they're not thinking about that. And I wouldn't be surprised if some players were rested. To be honest with you, um, uh, Liverpool will, will probably make changes, and, and I think that's highly likely they will make changes because they're playing again the semi-final and they made changes at Stoke. Um, so I was a Bournemouth. I think it was Bournemouth, wasn't it? Um, you know, it looks like it could be an hour. It's not in our hands, but the, the momentum could be swinging our way. Vital that we pick something up tomorrow night. A win would be huge for the rest of the season, like you say. You know, it could it could, it could build for the rest of the games. We could, we could go on and, and you know and do something. Um, God, it's a huge game now. You you wouldn't have thought that, would you? But it is a huge game. Give me a give me a score. What do you think it's going to be? Oh, <laughs> um, I tell you what, I'll be positive. I'll go <laughs> with my head. I'll say 1-1 one, one with my heart. I'll say 2-0 Newcastle. And what do you think about Liverpool? Liverpool, I think we'll make changes and I think we'll go there and we'll, and we'll get something. I think we'll get a point, to be honest. I think the changes they make will, will favour us. I think the prob- I think uh, the issue with when we go to Liverpool, everything depends on the Man City game, I think, Neil. Um, I, you know, with the fact that Liverpool seem to change their team a lot, um, they've got a big game themselves, so you can imagine him playing his strongest team mm-hmm. against Everton, and maybe switching it, switching it over uh, for when he plays us. But even then, they've got storage. They've got you might you might play Coutinho. You've, you've got so many different options. But the problem with playing Liverpool is that if we go defensive, it'll be an emotional game for. Um, it'll be quite an emotional game for Rafa. Um, it's it's definitely sets it up, doesn't it, Neil? It sets it up. Um, I, I think the, the the Rafa return factor is the mm. thing that nobody's really talking about yet, but that's probably because we've got Man City to worry about tomorrow. Mm. Um, I think all the talk about Rafa going back to Liverpool will kick in after tomorrow. Um, you know, funny things have happened when managers return. We've got Pardew to come back here yet. <laughs> you know, it, it, all these little stories mixed mm. in this crazy season. And they're happening all. It's not just us. It's with Sunderland. It's with Norwich as well. There's little twists and turns. They always talk about last-minute twists and turns and relegation battles. You never know where the next one's going to come from. Mm. We just have to keep going in one game at a time. Uh, I think we don't concentrate on Liverpool until tomorrow's out of the way. Um, though, obviously, we've got to talk about it tonight because we'll, uh, both games are, are, are upcoming. 
Um, I think we will make changes and they will make changes. And so it's it's a case of whose changes work out for the better. Liverpool this season have genuinely been Forrest Gump's box of chocolate. You just really don't know what's coming out from there. You know, and, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. as good as they can be, they've been blinking awful in some games too. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for coming us being on Kev we'll catch you next week uh, we can discuss this again and hopefully yeah. we'll be three points ahead and uh, yeah. we'll be we'll be really really um, it, at least with a chance of staying up but uh, thanks so much for coming on Kev it's been a pleasure as ever thank you no problems lads cheers mate thanks Kevin cheers mate bye bye it's always great to have Kevin on. We, we never we never quite know with Newcastle what, what we're going to do weekly, but uh, Kevin's always uh, keeps keeps it straight. So thanks so much for coming on, Kevin. Uh, so the next caller is it's been a while it's been a while since he's come on the show, and we can actually salute a good victory. He actually won money as well, um, thanks to his bet, which I would have done the same thing, but unfortunately it was too late. But good evening, Lee. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, it seems to be the Lee show tonight. Certainly more, <laughs> certainly more chirpy than I was last week. But um, we have a chance. We have hope. <laughs> Before we get to Newcastle, what was your thoughts on? Uh, you saw the Leicester game. Um, it's it seems to be it, the top and bottom. It seems to be kicking off. Well, are you talking about just the Leicester game in general? Well, just the fact that the, you know that the referee has been uh, told to take a week off. Uh, pen- a complete and utter joke. He was embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing. It's like Tottenham employed him for the match or something like that. It was embarrassing. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. His decision making was like horrific. Although I, I didn't watch it all, it was just those two mm. penalties. I mean, the first penalty was a disgrace when Morgan had a had a read and he just dived out, and then the one on Carroll. Carroll hardly touched the kid, but I think mm. he knew he'd made the mistake, so he just tried to even things up and I. I detest it when they try and do that, and some of them actually do do that. You can see it. Mike Dean, Mike Dean did that. Yeah, at St. James he's terrible for season. him. He did that mm-hmm. at St James's this season when he gave that penalty for against Mbemba from like one centimeter away, and we got that penalty for pulling in the second half when Mitrovic was getting manhandled. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it was just pathetic. But apparently they weren't the, the the top referees, or as they call them, because I don't think any of them any good. To be honest with you, we're all on this training or fitness training so they couldn't be allocated to these particular games that weekend which again is it's rather embarrassing but he 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 made a name for himself there look at me look at me look at me mm. it was quite embarrassing to be honest i've seen your yeah. fans actually i've seen your couple fans um like oh yeah get in leicester all your looks mm. running out and i was like well what they're saying that for man we want leicester to be <laughs> up away and won the league and then so tottenham have got nothing to play for come last last year <laughs> in the season <laughs> but, but the thing is, it could still it could still happen. Like, I, it was interesting. The one thing that took my breath away a little bit, the fact that Jimmy Vardy, he's been he's they're looking at a dispute charge, and all he does for around a second is point his finger at the referee, and the referee just completely ignores it, and he walks off. Now you know what I'm convinced, man. I'll see I'll see this I'm blue in the face that the top teams and Tottenham will probably be included that because it's little old Leicester. Uh, uh, this is a, that's an embarrassing decision that he's getting charged for that. They're going to give him a two-game ban, right? Mm. Just to try and how can I put it, heat things up for the rest of the season. That's what mm. they're doing, in my opinion. It's absolutely disgraceful. Mm. So let's get to the. Uh, obviously, Neil's already talked about it. So tell me, on Saturday, before you put on them bets that won, uh, what was your um, 
thoughts on the, the team itself? Because obviously, I, a lot of talk be, beforehand was that uh, Rafa doesn't really fancy John Joe Shelby, and it seems to be coming true. But uh, do you think it's been it's linked to the fact that uh, Man City are in town, and he, and he wanted to ch- just to change it up? Uh, well, first of all, I mean. I mean the day start. I mean it was it was it was one of those days where mm, kind of Sunderland were on at you know quarter to one and trying to sit in there when Fabio Barini's crying and diving all over the place <laughs> to win the penalty and I was sitting there thinking oh god we'll go on score and then George said boo Sunderland's winning one nil and I went oh Sun will want them to win the day and he was looking at us like I was all puzzled I was like yeah we actually do want them to win the day and when they won the game. Especially three nil. I was thinking, well, can we go and take care of our own business? We obviously did. I remember when I was walking up the ground, the team was announced. Twitter exploded. If McLaren had picked this side, they'd be hell on. But this isn't McLaren. This is a world class manager. World class manager. He knows what he's doing. He's not stupid. He brought. He, he made us. How can I put it? Shelby came in, and we we said when he came in, he gave us something going forward. You know, he had that forward pass in his locker. But he hasn't been doing it of late. And what Benitez did on Saturday was just try to make us a little bit more, how can I put it, more difficult to beat, more mm. solid, you know, with Colback and Teodi because they're two lying defensive midfielders in reality. Mm. Colback's busy. Colback was everywhere um, trying to win us the ball back. And we stayed in the game. We stayed in the game. We made it difficult for Swansea. And then we got the first goal for the first time in a long time where we had then something to hold on to, something to work towards. So I, I had no problem with that whatsoever. The, the, the fans were crying out for Mitrovic to be, bring, to be brought on around about 70 minutes. Hours. I was sitting there going, the ball's coming back too easy. They were creating chances. He made the right subs at the right time. And it's going to have to be similar tomorrow night. We're going to have to stay in the game, stay in the game, and then see if we can just pinch something with the fans getting behind it because the fans were brilliant the game on Saturday, especially after we scored, especially when the second goal went in because it just felt like a little bit weight off everybody's shoulders and the team at that point played with a little bit more freedom. Yeah, what what do you think, Neil? I think um, when when Chevy was axed um, and the fact that he he seemed to be upset about it after the game, but the, the... I thought the defence, the line they were making, with Giselle's in there, with um, Mbemba, it looked, it definitely looked a bit more solid, and they seemed to have a game plan, Neil, which you probably, we probably haven't seen for a while. Well, I think Benitez has probably taken this long to work out what some of the players are about and get them working to a system. If you notice, he, he, he must have kicked nearly every ball through that game. He was up and down and up and down. He almost held the team's hand through the game. And I think that there's a distinct lack of football intelligence amongst our squad. Um, and, and, you know, if I remember times of them looking at the benching games under McLaren, almost pleading for him to tell them to do something. And that should be happening amongst them on the pitch. The fact that it's taken young Lascelles to come out and open his mouth the way he did um, says a lot. Says a lot about the character of the entire squad, unfortunately. Um, but it's, it, I think we did look far more organised, I think, apart from that Williams chance. Mm. Swansea did very little for me. Um, mm. and, and I think Lee's quite right. Once we, once we scored first and we had something to hang on to, mm. 
it's a different game. And that's, you know, what I'd hope we might, if we can do that tomorrow night, I'll be, be delighted. Um, was, obviously, it, tomorrow is obviously a totally different kettle of fish, but that's, that's my take on it. Again, as, as, as Neil just alluded to there, Lee, um, with um, the change with Jack Cobber coming in there and Fat Boy, Fat Boy Teoti, as uh, Neil lovingly calls him, um, <laughs> you've got a the thing is, Paul Dummett came back in, the players actually came in, did the job, and definitely made it more solidly, didn't they? Well, we've missed Dummett. We have missed Dummett. Um, I, I personally think he's a better centre-half than he is full-back, but we've been desperate for you know a little bit of stability in that particular area, as was said the last couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, when Anita was playing left full-back, which he's not accustomed to, you know, other teams just targeted that particular area. Although I have to say he was outstanding on him. He was outstanding on Saturday against Montero. He never gave that Montero a kick. And he absolutely mm. tortured he absolutely tortured yeah. Yamat at the beginning of the season. So yeah. uh, well I would I, and I wouldn't put Jan back in the side full stop. He wouldn't play for me again this season. Mm. Did he did a job. He worked hard with Townsend, they linked up quite well. So we found a little bit of a partnership then. Mm. But the, the the big plus for me um is that LaSalle's kid. Not only did he out all his teammates two weeks ago, mm. he he then had a he had a big point to prove. You know, back up what you're saying, son. And he came in and he had a, he had a storm and game. I mean, Jesus Christ, the kid's been like been like Anthony Joshua. He's massive. He's a man mountain, and it's and it's nice and it was refreshing that someone come out and say those things, but then go on the football pitch and actually back it up. And it was like when he scored his goal, it was a bit no-nonsense. Get off me, Sigurdsson. He put the ball in the net. He didn't overreact when he scored. Unlike uh, my friend Sissoko, who started doing an aeroplane. He just got his head <laughs> down, got back on with the game. And, you know, that, that kind of focus, that kind of mentality needs to run through the whole of the team. And we'll give ourselves a chance. We actually have a chance now. And I'd like to think tomorrow night people are going to turn up there and give the team 100% effort in terms of vocal support get right on Man City's uh, players back and a bit like Liverpool at home where no one give us a chance mm. if we just sit in make it difficult for them keep it in nil-nil as long as we can maybe pinch the first goal go in confidence anything can happen anything can happen this isn't this isn't this isn't Man City aren't just going to walk into St James's Park and pick up three points easily, easily. Mm. that result done us the world of good we can beat them tomorrow night if we believe it I agree. I must admit, I agree with um, with Lee there. I, I think Neil, it's it's one of them games where, to me, this is about relegation, and we've got to stick it to Man City, irrespective of their players. There's eleven players, Neil. What's your thought? Because it's such a big game well, in Newcastle's history. It's it's almost a no lose situation because everybody's probably half expecting Man City to rock up in terms with, mm. and there you go. And and so, what expectation could, does everybody have, and can we have? Um, except we do have something to fight for. What are they fighting for? Mm, Champions League football. Their best chance might actually come from the Champions League itself. Mm. So, is their mind really going to be on going that extra mile for that fifty-fifty ball? We should be. We should be of the mindset that every fifty-fifty ball is ours. Every forty-sixty ball mm. is ours. We have nothing. We have everything to lose by being relegated. We have. We will not get relegated on the back of tomorrow night's result. And therefore, we should be of the positive mental attitude. That ball is mine. This game is mine. This game is ours. And at least show some fight about it. And then we've got a puncher's chance. 
and I'd always take a puncher's chance. That side has enough in them on the day to beat anybody. Mm. They've proved it. And, and yet, that's the problem. This season, they've been playing in games like they were 3-0 up when they've been 2-0 down. Mm. And so, um, mentally, if we're up for it, and I think mentally we've been fragile this season. Uh, and so that, that win at the weekend was crucial. Not just the fact that it was three points, it was 3-0, it was and okay, that might have flatter in the, in the bigger picture, but at the end of the day, 3-0 is what the score was. And that, that's got to give us some confidence, and I think let's, let's see how they come out the traps tomorrow night. I think the first 20 minutes is crucial. Keep it, don't concede, and see if we can get in, in amongst them. And, and Hearts, Hearts and, and, and their other keeper whose name escapes us at the moment, neither of those keepers have looked safe this season. There's, no. there's things there we could have a go at. You know, um, you, 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 if Shelby's in the team, for example, make sure you hit the ball. Give, give it a crack from the edge of the area. Townsend as well. Have a, have a little thump early on. Let's mm. see how, what kind of mood Joe's heart in. Has he got his captain Biggie flappy wings on tonight or what? You know, let, let's see what happens. What do you think, Lee? I think the, the, I think the, the problem is, well, it, it is all about us, really. It, it, it is kind of a free hit, isn't it, Lee? But it's, it's one of them games. It's in your. It's one of these games you have to have in your back, back pocket. As, as um, I think, um, as Kevin said, this is the game that more or less it's it's we have to we have to we have to deliver because that crowd on tomorrow are going to be absolutely at it. They're going to expect the kicks. They're going to. I think Man City, when you let them play, they basically play. At the end of the day, what the fans, the, the, or if the fans are listening to this, or the fans reading whatever I'm going to be putting on the next mm. from the night onwards, ultimately, if we beat Man City tomorrow night, we go level on points with Norwich. If mm. we can pull out something ridiculous like beating Man City by two goals, we go out of the bottom three, and that psychologically is absolutely massive we pick anything up tomorrow night on, on Saturday um, from the two games we've got who, where nobody thinks we'll get, every, get anything we have a massive chance then of staying in the Premier League because we play Aston Villa and sorry we play Crystal Palace first then Aston Villa you know where you, you would if you can pick up points and go, in, go into games like that with a positive mindset with the fans behind you there's nothing to stop you picking up points in those particular games. Ultimately, at this particular moment in time, I make Sullen's favourites to stay up. I just think psychologically, with that mm, result against Norwich okay. at the weekend, that would be massive for them. Also, defensively, they seem more solid. They're solider than, than, any, than ourselves in Norwich. They don't concede many goals. And they've got a goal, they've got a goal poacher in um, Defoe. But what we have is, we have a world-class manager. A world-class manager if he can get these boys playing, mm. he'll be able to come up with plans to counteract other teams. Like on Saturday, he made the subs at the right times, and those subs changed the game. Is his message starting to get across? I'd like to think so. But as Neil said, and as you said, tomorrow is a free punt. So every single person who walks through that turnstile tomorrow night needs to get on board with those players, get behind them. It doesn't matter what they've done this season. It doesn't matter how much I sometimes despise some of them. We, we've got a chance now, because of the results on Saturday, of staying in the Premier League. And that's all we want. That's all we want. If, we, if the players work hard enough for it, we can do it. If the fans believe it, then, then, then we can do it. 
It's the interesting thing, wasn't it? It's, ta- it's taken a lad, Giselles, G- who's played for the club six times at various uh, times as a sub, uh, to come out and basically just laid on the line Rafa time. Rafa allowed him to go on TV in the press to say, listen, you're a bunch of un- incompetent players. Why can you not play? Why can you not play from the heart? And then also you've got Paul Dummett who gets a lot of stick. He came in there. He did a great job. Obviously, I think one pass, he got it got past him. But, you know, we, we do look more solid at the back with, with people like one, who, who are able to talk to each other and can make a difference. What's your thoughts on that, Lee? Well, the, the, the two that you've just mentioned there are steady away. But the one to defend, Andrew, the one to actually defend, they'll put their body on the line, they'll put their foot in. Dummett, Dummett's Dummett been out for a few weeks, so I mm-hmm. expected him to look a little bit roby. Apart from that one thing you mentioned, he was pretty solid. He didn't really give the guy who was down the right-hand side a kick, um, hence why he got, the, he got the hook and there was another lad come on. Uh, but, uh, you know, the lads like Dummett, you can really hang your hat on, and I get mm-hmm. a little bit stick and things like that. But to be honest with you, if we had problems in the centre-half, who would, I, who would I pick at the minute? Dummett or Colaccini? There would only be one choice for me. Mm-hmm. I'd pick Dummett. I'd, I'd leave Captain Coward wherever he's been. I mean, Jesus mm. Christ, he was only supposed to be out for four weeks. It's getting beyond a joke. I mean, four weeks he's been out. I think he's been over three months now. I mean, that's just taking it to a whole new level. I want players who want to play in that shirt and work hard for that particular shirt. I don't believe I've seen it for a long time, but certain players like your Dummets and certainly this Lascelles kid and Worst case scenario, and your castle do go down this season, you would be building your team around the likes of Paul Dummett and the likes of Lascelles next season because they're the kind of kids that you'll have to hang your hat on if we are in the championship. We well, think Neil. I think it was it was it was it's, it has been quite startling, isn't it? The fact that you know he gets a lot of stick to Paul Dummett, but and then but then you have to have yourselves who's played six times, six times in Newcastle, and he's the one coming out there having to say what has to be said, and. It seems to have cleared up a lot of the, the the ill will which seems to exist in the team, Neil. Well, that, that, I think uh, with Lascelles, I think that sense the manager's behind hand behind that. I think I said this last week. Mm. You know, how you go and you say it, son, say it as you say it. Because from the way Lascelles said it, it sounds like it's been something that's going to be blurted out sometime soon anyway. Mm. And if the rumours from behind the scenes regarding Taylor and Janmatz mm. um, injuries, respectively, at half-time in that game are, are true, um, maybe there's been some internal sorting out mm. needed between certain individuals. Um, and perhaps there's a little bit of shaming of mm. some of these international players we've got in our squad. Listening to a young professional colleague come out and say something like that, um, I, I think I, I, I don't think it's not. I don't think that was a random comment, and I don't think it was something that was just blurted out. Mm. Uh, I think very deliberate, and I think the lad had guts to go out and do it, and that's the kind of guts we need. Like Lee quite rightly says, I want players who can throw themselves in front of the pole. If you look at two of the goals we conceded against Norwich, the defenders putting themselves in the way of the ball are more worried about protecting their groin than they are about. Pro- about getting at that ball. Now, I'm sorry. If I'm playing in that black and white shirt in the position I'm in, I'll stop it with any part of me anatomy and damn the bloody consequences. Mm. Ask Scott Dan at Crystal Palace who mm. lost a testicle once 
in a nothing game defending a bloody goal. You know what? It, 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 it's nuts. Mm. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, when I see players turning their body sideways and putting their hands over their nether regions, for want of a better word, when actually what they should be doing is making themselves stand up and making themselves big against the man and blocking the shot, however they may do so, that's what they should be doing, and they're the people we need in. And that's, I think, what we do get, quite rightly, as Lee says, from Lascelles and from Dummett. I think they both do that. Lee, I was going to say that I don't think um, Stephen Taylor can complain too much because, let's be fair, he gave him, he gave him a chance, didn't he? He, he, re, he put him in there when I think people didn't expect him. But I, I, I legitimately think that Rafa Benitez expected far more from uh, my sister's calling me. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, he did think. Obviously, he, 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 <laughs> I'm on a radio show. <laughs> call me back. I'll call you back afterwards. Um, when it comes to when it comes to um, uh, the fact that Taylor was given an opportunity. Uh, to you know, play, play there for a few games, and even though he, he, his header gave away a chance for Leicester to score, you know, Rafa gave him a chance, and I do think he he did expect more from him. Lee, what, what was your thoughts on that? Oh, I think that more, it's obviously the case because it's if you're looking at things that Benitez has done wrong since he's come into the club, that that is his biggest mistake. I think we said last week, um, Lascelles played in his first two games. He played in the game against um, Leicester and then he played in the game against Sunderland and he did nothing wrong. Yes, he pardoned Stephen Taylor against Leicester, but he pardoned um, Mbemba against um, Sunderland. And Sunderland were on top for large parts of the game and, and he, him and Mbemba dealt with a lot Sunderland had their offer that day, although obviously Rob Elliott made some good saves. So Lascelles did nothing wrong in those, those first two games. So I was so surprised to see him kind of taken out. And especially given the way we... Um, where that Bacani uh, mm-hmm. dominated us when we played against Norwich. We couldn't deal with him. And I was thinking, well, Lascelles is a big old unit. And then we went to Southampton and we, we struggled with Graziola Pella. And, you know, he had Shane Long running in. And I, I didn't really get that with Benitez, but mm-hmm. he's obviously looked at it and thought, Jesus Christ, he's never playing for me again. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the right decision. It's just, it's just, it's just nice to hear a young lad come out and say certain things, which are all true, but then going back it up with a performance. And like I said, when he scored his goal on Saturday, there was no, he was, he was throwing Sigerson off him as he, as he banged the header in, and then it was just a case of his teammates hugged him, but you could see how focused he was on his face. No, like, that, right, I want to get back in. Let's get organised again. Yeah. We've got something to hang on to now. And that's what that's what we need. We need leaders like that. That's exactly what we need. I'd give the kid the captain's armband straight away. I just <laughs> thought that's bloody brilliant. That son, that, uh, he's, 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 the couple of fans have fell in love with that lad overnight because of because of what he said last week and because he backed it up with his performance. Like I said, he's come from Nottingham Forest. He's never, he's, you, as you've said, uh, Andrew, he's only played six games, mm. but he put himself on the line. He put his body on the line. He put he put his mouth on the line. He put his reputation on the line, but he backed it up because everything he said was right. And it mm. maybe stirred some of the players who have been stealing a living this season mm. for the likes of Sissoko. Sissoko had a good game on Saturday, and it takes, me, it takes someone like me a lot to say that. I mean, seeing him um, prancing around with the captain's armband a couple of times, I've been in, like, disarray, but... He, he wore it. He, he actually wore it with pride on Saturday. And when Benitez, what Benitez is trying to do with Sissoko, you can see it saying, "We need to build our team around him. 
we need he, he's the like he's the likes of him can keep us up. If Sissoko performs like he did on his debut against Chelsea for these remaining five games, I would imagine we will bloody stop up. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I think to me that we the result tomorrow is very very important because it puts the cat amongst the pigeons to all the team like to Norwich who who really. Should be far, far away from Newcastle United, shouldn't it? Especially when they they beat us, you would think it, it's isn't it funny? Isn't it? Young managers go for the safety, safety approach, and you can tell in the manager they've got, he seems to have like thought, okay, a draw here, a draw here, uh, we'll get this through. And now, you know, they, they, you know, they could be they could be behind us it, uh, when when they play the next game. They don't play for two weeks, Andrew. Mm, yeah. Exactly. We apparently, we apparently play three games before they play again. Apparently, we it's play, amazing. Crazy. Apparently, they don't. They mustn't play till the Sunday or something like that. So we play, mm. we play tomorrow, Saturday, and then the following Saturday, and they mustn't play till the Sunday. So technically, we're gonna they're gonna have two games in hand to us. Mm. Sorry, yeah, two games in hand on us. Mm. But uh, you know, if, I'd rather get the points on the board if we can get the yeah. points on the board. They've yeah, got the points on the board at this mm. moment in time. They've got three points on us. Three points with five games to go is a lot of points. So give me, a result points. For, give me a result for tomorrow before I bring in Chris Parry from the US. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, God. We haven't beaten Man City in so long. Our, our record is against Man City is, is horrific. Mm. I really can't remember the last time we beat them home and away. Yes, and I will beat them in the cup, but league-wise, I really, really can't remember. And you always think in the back of your head, would you want... Mm. With two one, so maybe tomorrow night. Let's. I'll, I'm gonna. I'll make his laugh. We're gonna beat them two out, and we're gonna get out the bottom three. <laughs> great stuff, Chris. What about, what about Saturday? Oh God. Um, I, 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 right. I, I'm not. I'm not giving any results. I've, I've changed my mind. Uh, if we get three points, <laughs> if we get three, if we get three points out of the Man City and Liverpool, that'll do. Or even okay. a point, that'll do. That'll do. Okay. Anything right. would be a bonus this week. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Thanks, Lee, for coming on. Remember, uh, I will Good be Lee. posting. I will be posting the your the the show straight after the, the show. So thanks for coming worry. on, Lee. We'll speak next Monday. Don't worry, the, the, the team will get my voice tomorrow night. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. I'm sure they hear you. <laughs> Maybe I'll see you later, lads. Thanks, Bye, Lee. Lee. Take Bye care. Bye now. Ta-da. Ta-da. Great to have him with Lee, uh, giving it full Monty on Newcastle United. Our next caller this evening is uh, a regular on the show. He's calling from the United States, probably from a golf course as ever. Is Chris Parry. Good evening, Chris. How are you? I'm doing fine, guys. How about yourself? Not too bad. So are you, are you, are you more optimistic now uh, after the Swansea game? Um, were you impressed uh, with the, the players that came in and did the job? Uh, or, and were you surprised by Shelby being left on the bench? Lots of questions to answer. <laughs> Well, hang on. Um, before I answer that, I want to follow up on what that gentleman just said beforehand. And he's right. Uh, there was a someone put out a tweet or something like that that Manchester City they have the best record against Newcastle than any team in Premiership history against another team. That's what that's what man that's what Newcastle's facing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think that Newcastle tied them twice. They've never beaten them, and they've only tied them twice. So, if there was ever a time to buck history, and we got the man with Benitez to do it, uh, mm. this is it. 
This is the time. You want it, you want it. And honestly, let's be honest, guys. If Newcastle want to save themselves and if they want to be a premiership team, these are the kind of games that they need to go. They need to win. They need to get points. Games that you wouldn't expect. I mean, the only reason why Sunderland was able to stay up, honestly, the last couple of years is that they were able to find a way to beat Man City and get those extra three points. So I, this, no, this could be it. But, but anyway, guys, uh, to, to, to start with your first question, yeah. uh, I was very, uh, very, very uh, just pleased with, with the fight. When I saw, I didn't really care about the starting lineup because as far as I was concerned, not one player on that team deserved to start after Southampton. So whoever he picked was fine by me. I mean, everyone was, I saw everybody was up in arms. The commentator on NBC Sports was going nuts because John Joe Shelby didn't play, uh, didn't start. And John Joe Shelby didn't do anything very much against Sunderland either. I mean, I mean Sunderland, against Southampton either. So uh, whoever, he, he picked the guys that he thought were going to give the fighting effort that he wanted. And you could just tell from the off. The first 15, 20 minutes, tackles were flying in. Boy, Czech Teote seemed like a guy that, you know, that, that rediscovered it again. I, and he was battling in the midfield, and they were making it difficult. And they found a way to get a goal off a set piece. Can you believe it? <laughs> you know, off off a corner kick. Two? Uh, for, I mean, <laughs> off, off, off of two, Chris? Uh, what did you mean? I know, two, yeah, two corner kicks. Huh? And I've read, I've read something where he was working on different things Benitez to simplify things and to simplify a, a strategy play on these corner kicks. And I'm like, where has this been for the last three or four years? Because good teams, and we've talked about this, Neil, and we've talked about this, Andrew, good right. teams score goals off set pieces. Because you're not always going to get goals off, off open play. You've got to take advantage of your set pieces. I had a feeling, guys, that it was going to be Newcastle's day when one of the best free takers in the Premiership, you know, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and and hit one into Rose Ed, you know. And I thought, well, maybe this is going to be their day. And then, of course, you, sometimes you need a little luck. And how many times did it look like that they should have scored before Newcastle finally got the second goal? Uh, I think that if they had scored, it would have been very difficult. All the heads would have dropped again. But they did not take their chances. Yeah, and Newcastle knows what that's what that's all about—not taking chances. But my goodness. When Mitrovic came on, first of all, he wasn't pouting. He wasn't pouting on the sidelines like sometimes you see strikers do. He was in the match. He came on and made an instant impact. Mm -hmm. I, I was so impressed by not just the, uh, the reason why Townsend was able to score that goal is because Mitrovic was so poised once he got the ball. He didn't just freak out like Cisse does sometimes and score it from try to shoot from 25 yards out. You know, he, he was poised, he waited, and then Townsend, and then beautiful things, beautiful things happened. And for the first time, I think all of us felt for just a couple hours that, well, maybe there's a chance here. And I think I tweeted, the great escape could be on, lads. <laughs> well, so, yeah, well, so happy, we'll see. Were you happy with it? The, the, the team because it just looked a bit more fluid, and the players seemed to be working on a line, uh, which obviously we, we had trouble kind of at the start of the, the second half where it looked like Swansea w were going to score at any minute uh, yeah. and obviously the subs came on but I just think with Dummett there with Colbeck who I, I'm not I'm never a, I've never been a fan of Jack Colbeck but um, the fact that there just seemed to be a bit more effort in there and you you actually saw Sissoko actually putting his body on the line which I I had noticed I hadn't noticed before well the one thing guys 
Benitez obviously loves Sissoko. And uh, to give the guy that we've been slagging all year long, the captain's armband, was such a brilliant stroke. Uh, uh, And he said, and I've read that this is a Frenchman who the players respect, who most of the guys out there speak French. He can, you know, he can, he can captain and communicate and tell. It was a brilliant move, and Sissoko was fantastic. Yes, he still, I I mean, of course he got the goal, which was just so good for his confidence. But I was just impressed by his effort. Him, he, he was constantly running at the goalkeeper. He was just making that effort. The one thing about Lester is Lester makes the effort. I mean, they just put the effort in. They're, they make cross after cross after cross. It's funny, um, we talked about this, guys, I think a couple weeks ago, that it's not that Lester is this amazing, talented, you know, uh, you know, footballing team. They just keep banging on the door with cross after cross and pass after pass after pass, so they finally knock it over and score a goal. Whereas it sometimes seemed like Newcastle was trying to score the perfect goal, and uh, and it wasn't happening. So three nil. I mean, my goodness, when's the last time you saw three goals from Newcastle and anybody against it wasn't Norwich? Mm. <laughs> so it was a uh, it was it was a good day. It's like uh, I think when you. When, you know, when you look at the team, you look at the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks, and you've got a young defender coming in. Um, I think the fact that he was allowed to come out and you know tell Newcastle United fans how they all felt, it was kind of. I would have been surprised if he hadn't started for Stephen Taylor. Taylor, but the only thing that worries me is things happen in any football match, and I think to to turn around and say you know the words out that he's you know I think Neil alluded, alluded to it before. That um, you know the injuries are being could be being camouflaged to say you're not playing for me again. I don't think you can do that with the amount of games left left behind us, because you know Stephen Taylor, Jan Matt, you know they may have to come in and do a job. It, it was the same. It was the same as Wilkinson, wasn't it? He was lambasted by Carver, and he had to come back in and ultimately put in a sensation, a great performance on the la- on the last day of the season. So I think we have to be wary of um, you know. Being too down on players, what do you think about that, Chris? No, I agree. It's 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 all men. It's all men to the pumps. I mean, every oar has to hit the water here to to you know, to drive the to drive the boat out of this muck. Uh, it's not just going to be Townsend. It's not just going to be LaSalle. It's not going to be just Shelby. I mean, everybody. I have a feeling that everybody. Who knows? I mean, we may see uh, you know Oberton may come in and yeah. you know and and delivers and deliver some key moments or uh, get a key cross. Uh, you know, guys like you know, Rolando Aaron's. Where the heck has he been? You know, he may actually, you know, find, you know, be able to get on the get on the pitch and do something. I'd love to see De Jong finally make good on all of the promise and all of the things that we've expected. But uh, it's just good that for the first time in a while, Newcastle is coming into a game with a little bit of confidence. But the one thing I like about Benitez is I don't think he's going to let them just think that. I think he's. It's going. It, it's tempered confidence. It's, they've got a, they've, they finally got a result, but they understand that the job is not even close to even close to start to being finished. So it it all starts tomorrow. Uh, I'm scared to death because how many times has Man City come to Newcastle and, and and gotten all three points? Sometimes when they don't deserve it, and then roll us over whenever they whenever they want to. Uh, I I really just hope that they're thinking so much about Champions League. That maybe you know maybe Newcastle you know can nick one maybe win one nil maybe you know something like that. But uh, the one thing we guys guys we can definitely 
we, we all can agree on is if you give Sergio Aguero the kind of chances yeah. that Swansea had last in the first half uh, last game or second half last game, Newcastle's going to be in trouble because he's not going to miss those. Yeah, you, I think it, it, it's interesting because I think it depends who he, who he plays up front, but I would be kind of surprised he plays De Bruyne, but he may just decide, you know what, <laughs> like I don't even know what the next game is, but uh, I think they've probably got a game on, on Saturday, but um, I think he... He has to make changes because he he seems to obviously a few players aren't going to be playing tomorrow. Nasri's going to be out, um, Silva's out, so you know I think the temptation that he could have is to, is to play uh, De Bruyne from the start, even though he's just come back from injury. But he's such a game changer, isn't he? Yes. Well, guys, let's hope that they treat this game kind of like an FA Cup early round match. Yeah, where they just think that they're just they think that they're just going to win this one and then and then take the next one seriously. You know the Champions League, and I think they're I think they're playing a big you know a, a, a top one of the top boys uh, in the Premiership. I think are, you know I think it's like a three game stretch. This one, another a Champions League game, and then another game that they're playing. And this is the one that they could kind of look at and go, okay, we're just going to show up and win. And I really hope that that's what they do because Newcastle has beaten this team in a cup competition before. I mean, we were all shocked when it happened. Uh, so, uh, so it can take place. Miracles can happen. But I, I kind of disagree a little bit with the, with the with the previous caller where he'd be happy with a point. Yeah, I think I, the time to be happy with a point is over. I want six. I want to win against Man City, and I want to go down and find some way to beat Klopp and Liverpool and get this going because yeah, they can't afford to drop two points mm. at all. They can't afford to drop any points because you know as well as I do that the final game of the season is going to be so difficult to get against Tottenham because I think they're going to be playing to potentially, if uh, especially if Leicester keeps stubbing its toe, they're going to be playing to try to win the league. So they're not coming here just to show up and on holiday. So I, I really, I really think that they need to. Uh, these are the games that you got to get the points on. You got to find a way to get. You got to find a way to get these victories if you want to stay in the Premier League. Give, give me, give me a score for. Um for tomorrow and give me a score for um, Saturday uh, before I bring in Steve Hasty. Okay. Hey, sorry, Neil. I talked so much you didn't get a chance to get a word in edgewise, bro. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> so I give me a score. It's that, it's that, it's that UAE, it's that, U, it's that uh, Dubai UAE delay. I don't give you a chance to get a word in. That's it. It's just... It's constantly stopping us, mate. Constantly stopping us. <laughs> poor Neil's like, poor like, oh, Chris is talking. I'm just going to let him go. <laughs> so, Tommy, give me a score before you go. Well, fellow, gentlemen, I think it's going to be 1-0. I think Townsend's going to hit a firecracker. I think somehow Newcastle's going to get that one. And then uh, I, I said six points, but I just don't see it. I think potentially on Saturday, let's uh, let's – Let's try to be. Let's let's say one one. Let's say let's say find a way to go to go down to go to, to go downfield and get and get it one one and come out of this with four points. I personally think they need six points. Yeah, but you know, four points is four better. Four points than will do. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Chris. Enjoy the te- enjoy your time in the 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 rainy the rainy Texas, I believe, right? Yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's really bad. Like I say, you're talking about golf. Uh, not today. Yeah. It's uh, you know, Houston. Uh, they've had eleven hundred. Water rescues yeah, today. Wow. Eleven hundred flood water rescues is what they just said on the wow. on the news. Uh, yeah, luckily, I'm a, I'm a little north. I'm a little north of it. Uh, I've you know, we've had a lot of rain, but it's okay. But yeah, they're in bad shape right now in Houston. Well, keep safe, and I'll, and I'll talk to you next Monday, mate. Take care. Thanks a lot, Chris. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Talk Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye bye. 
As ever, very passionate and knowledgeable uh, on Newcastle United, that is Chris Parry. And also uh, a very knowledgeable and passionate Newcastle United fan with Steve Hasty from Newcastle's Fans Forum. Good evening, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Sounds like they're getting hammered over in, uh, in Dallas, <laughs> doesn't it? Hey, yeah. yeah. They do get the extremes, don't they? You know, yeah. That's one of the things we're lucky with. We get... We get just the same all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we get used to it, don't we? We haven't got to worry about it. So tell me, it's been an interesting week again with Newcastle United, but at least we can actually turn around and go, well, OK, we won a game, um, quite quite an up-and-down game, but uh, what was your thoughts on the fact that uh, our captain, John Joe Shelby, left out of the team and pulled him back in, and uh, you've also had... Um, uh, I forgot his name now. Um, Paul Dwyer back in and uh, Jack Colbeck back in the team. Well, uh, perfectly honest, I wasn't surprised Shelby was dropped because uh, quite frankly, mm. performances over the last five or six weeks have been pretty poor. Mm. Um, I listened to Neil there before. Neil, you, you were saying you felt as though he had the, the pain of the world of the weight or the weight of the world on his shoulders, didn't you? You know, mm. he looked like a man yep. who needed to be taken out, and I quite agree with you on that one. I don't think he's the character um, of a captain. I think he may have a, a physical presence, as in he's a big lad, but uh, he seems mm. to be a sort of player that, uh, that either goes into his shell or um, you see the pressure building up with him. Mm. Um, and certainly the performances he's been putting in, I think you know it's more important for him to concentrate on, on getting back to... Uh, to putting in some decent performances rather than worrying about the uh, the players alongside him who most of whom have been out of form as well. Neil? Well, as I said, you know, he just looked like somebody who was playing with an armband that way two ton. Mm-hmm. And so, he'd get him out of it, get him out of the firing line, take him away from it. He's one, he's probably another one who needs to feel a bit of love. I think we've got a lot of precious little souls in my squad, and I think that's part of the problem. Um, was it was it Paisley or Shankly who talked about players needing either a kick or a cuddle? And I think we've yeah. got a hell of a lot that need a cuddle. And I think, um, that, I think and that I was think, Bob, wasn't it? Yeah, Bob Paisley used aye. to say that. Aye. But and then, is, it's that kind yeah. of situation that we've got, you know, um, and and that maybe it's taken Benitez two or three weeks to work work it all out. Which again makes what, the, the time, right, yeah. timing of his appointment a total folly. Mm. It does, yeah. But I think what it also shows, I think what we saw on Saturday, was that uh, Benitez, unlike other managers that we've had in the past, isn't frightened to drop these expensive players. He's not. A, he's 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 now decided. You know, enough is enough. I'm in charge here. There's one man that matters at this football club now, and it's me. I'm in charge, and you're going to do what I do. You're going to do what I say. And, and Rafa Benitez is stamping his authority on that football club simply by his physical presence and, and the manner in which he's quietly going about his business. With Because let's face it, he has such a, an air about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, for such a young man as well, may I point out, because he is, he is uh, you know, four months younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> But he's uh, no. I mean, he's got. He's decided. You know. I mean, regardless of what your reputation is, and in the correct way, not in the rude hullet manner, which mm. we would try to do with Ferguson and and Shear, where it was about me, 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 and mm. only me. Uh, he's done it the other way. He's given them their chance, and now he's saying, lads, I need performances from you, and I don't trust mm. you to put performances in. 
and, and you may have cost £12 million, and you may have only mm. been here a few weeks, and you may have had the captain's armband given to you, but you know what? I can take it off you just as quickly. And and I also think he's seen something in Sissoko that we've all seen, mm. but, but haven't seen much of. Um, and, and Sissoko seemed to revel in, in wearing that captain's armband again. And it's not the first time he's worn it, but uh, there was also some little subtle changes. He brought them inside. I don't think he played them in a number 10 role. I think he played them inside. Um, he certainly went up and played the number 10 role or more of a sort of just behind the striker role alongside Mitrovic when uh, when um, Wijnaldum went off um, and he made the moves then. But he certainly he played them on the inside of the midfield um, and he gave Colback and, and Teoti an opportunity uh, to play together. Um, I was surprised to see Teoti back in, quite frankly, mm-hmm. but uh, he surprised me. I think Neil was as well. So much as, yeah, he surprised me by putting... <laughs> A fairly decent shift, um, which which is a change. But again, it was a very disciplined shift. Once he once he had his statutory, you know, uh, I'll kick anything that's above a blade of grass. Um, he, he then sort of settled himself down and, and just did the basics. And maybe that's what the manager was looking for. Um, I thought Wijnaldum was disappointing. Um, I didn't see anything him, and I thought, uh, as most of you call us, have regarded C C. I was uh, what you what you get from CCA now is what we're seeing week in week out when he's mm. when he's selected, which is not the player that we we remember. Um, I did ask somebody sitting alongside me whether they felt as though uh, CCA had spent his first season and a half um, simply in some sort of competition with uh, with Bar to try and prove that he was a better footballer, mm. and then once Bar left, mm. uh, he decided, well, you know, I can rest on my laurels now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it done because quite frankly since since Bar left he hasn't he hasn't put in a performance or a shift to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest you know um, but it seems hey, that Rafa likes him doesn't he it seems that Rafa likes well, him though I, 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 I don't know whether it's a case of liking him I think what Rafa's mm-hmm. doing is he's, he's going out there he's asking players to do certain things he, he he's, a, he's certainly a mobile player Given that, he, mm. he, you know, he, he, he runs all over the place. He's, he's willing to do that. And he tired out the back four um, because, you know, he, he's looking at their back four and he's thinking, you know, there's a few words there. I'll give them, he, can, he can give them a stretch and then we'll bring Mitrovic on. Mitrovic, he came on. He was steady. He, he, he straight into the game. Uh, he certainly lifts the crowd when he comes on, um, which is great. Um, the little layoff for the goal, like you say, he... He did look slow and he looked cumbersome, um, but that little flick was just perfectly timed, and uh, I thought that uh, Townsend took his goal really, really well. Mm. I think um, were you impressed the fact that obviously Dumas back in there and uh, you got Cole back in there, and the fact that at least at the back they just looked a bit more solid. Even though I must admit I was you were worried in the second half when it looked like um, they could kind of get in and, and score that all-important equaliser. Yeah, I don't know whether the word solid would <laughs> um, I mean, I, 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 I personally wouldn't have had Paul back, back in, but uh, the manager decided that he was going to come back in. Um, Who would you put I in? Think, uh, I, I, I hadn't thought about it. I just didn't think yeah. he would come back in, to be perfectly honest. If anybody was going to come in, and I thought, I, I honestly expected to see uh, to see uh, our sort of glass player uh, from Holland come in, but he didn't. Are you surprised that he didn't come in? Because I must be. Uh, we've been saying for weeks he should be in there, and he 
and, and it's unless he pulls a surprise and puts him in on uh, on Tuesday night, Steve. Been very odd that that's not happening. He's it not has, been playing. It has. I was. I, I thought that this was, maybe this would have been his game because uh, I thought that their midfield would have suited him. I thought it was the sort of game that might have fitted in well. Um, they were on that on the you know booking a holiday mind. Some of them were standing in the travel agent queue rather than playing on yeah. Saturday. We did get. We that was good for us. Um, I've just been looking at the Manchester Evening News. I see that Nasri's not playing tomorrow. Yes, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. still out as well. Um, Sanya's out, Kishi is out, both of whom obviously were out on Saturday anyway, mm. along with Silva. Um, so you've got Zabaleta, um, who, you know, if Townsend can attack him, um, if Perez is playing, then he can have a go at him. Kolarov, not the best of defenders, but uh, he, 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 likes to, he likes to bomb down the, down the mm. wing, so you, you know, gaps appear. And uh, as Neil said earlier, um, the two central defenders, I know that they're saying that... Uh, Vincent Company's back in the squad. Mm. I'd be amazed if he risked amazed, Vincent yeah. Company at this point when they've got mm. all the big games coming up. Um, but uh, <laughs> will, will he go with Will he go with uh, Aguero still? It's probably the only strike that he's got, isn't he? Um, I'd be so shocked as he me, plays would, him. Like I would, I'd be amazed if he played him and he played the Brunier uh, because I'm looking at it thinking if, if I was a Man City fan. Europe, Europe is where we want to be. Arsenal don't want to, don't want that third place. Um, there's a bit of a chase on, and do we really want to follow that chase for to get, for to get second place? Mm. I think the first place is probably out of the question for them. Um, but I think they've got a very, very good chance of getting into the Champions League final. And mm. uh, it, I think that's where Pellegrini's targeting. Um, and if Pellegrini throws some of his star players in again tomorrow. Uh, you know, three games in eight days. Uh, it'll be, it'll be uh, a, a big risky move for him. You think mm-hmm. he might? Think he might, Neil? You think he might put in Dimakalis? Because I'm, I'm hoping he does. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hope so as well. Um, <laughs> look at, it. I think, I think he's going to use the squad. I, I do think you're going to see him make quite a few changes. Um, the trouble is, of course, they've got. Squad depth and abundance. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've got players who weren't even on the bench on Saturday that could walk into some teams. So, um, but I think Sterling's one of those, means, isn't he? Sterling's yeah. going to be in the squad, and he's he's a perfect example of, mm-hmm. of someone a forty-nine million pound, uh, and and you know you would expect to have been it for that amount of money to be your first choice in that team. Um, Demichelis is an interesting one. I, I, I don't know whether they're, whether they're play, not playing Demichelis and whether he's not getting into the, into the team because he's got this, uh, this gambling uh, allegation hanging over him, hasn't he? I don't know whether he's... Oh, yeah, yeah. I about that. Yeah, yeah. Because of that. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow because, uh, the, uh, again, the central defenders, uh, we, we know how shaky they can be, but they, they did all right against a very, very... Uh, poor Chelsea on Saturday, didn't they? You know, mm. um, and, and again a Chelsea who, who just want the season to end. Both football club players, manager, and probably owner. Mm. I, th- I think um, I think the fact that we are at home, the the, the fans all all over will begin such a lift by that. If we get at Man City, we know they don't like it. They don't like being. Kick. They don't like being in front. You know, every 40, 40 50 
uh, ball is going to have to be contested. We're going to have to keep it up from start to finish. Um, you know, you, you can see it's obvious it's going to be. I think if De Bruyne plays, you have to you're going to have to go man a man on him because he'll take whoever you put on him. He'll 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 go all around the pitch, and the fact that. You've got Sissoko, who's like. What's your thoughts on Sissoko before I bring in John? But uh, what's your thoughts on Sissoko in the ten role? And do you think Ginny should be dropped and maybe maybe bring in De Jong? Uh, well, I don't. I don't think that Sissoko plays in the ten role. To be perfectly honest, I think he's a central midfielder. I think he's very much in the Yaya Touré mode. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a player who can get uh, get up and down the pitch. He's strong. He's He's built like a man mountain. He's he's got the physique that you'd want uh, alongside someone like uh, uh, he made like a younger Yaya Toure. Um, I, I like Wijnaldum. I think Wijnaldum is obviously something not not quite right with him at the moment. But yeah. I would be persevering with him. I'd be giving him another shot. Um, you know, we we played really well down there. You know, in the first half earlier in the season. We could have been 3-1 up. We ended yeah. up getting beat Hammer yeah. 6-1. We played really, really well. And, the, and Silva was in the team. Mm. Nalfi was in. Um, uh, De Bruyne was in the team, if I remember rightly. Yeah, um, right. yeah. uh, Sterling was in, and they took him off at half-time. Aguero just had that eight or ten minutes. Mm. They, they just tore us apart. And quite frankly, you know, that's what you... That's, he's the man, isn't he? He's the man in form. You've just got to make sure that you keep them well away from the goal. And uh, mm. this is where the central midfield supporting the two at the back are going to be vital. And uh, and where the Lascelles and, and Mbemar have got to be really, really on, on form. And they've got to be awake and they've got to be aware. And, and so is Paul Dummett. So, uh, mm. But you know what? These are the games that we love. And, and I think mm. these are the games that some of those players will revel in because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, for the first time in a long time, we're playing one of the big teams again. We haven't played mm-hmm. any of the big teams. We've been playing with the, the teams that have been casually wandering around the middle or at the bottom end of the league. We've got an opportunity here to play one of the top teams and there's, there's a lot to show. And I think we've seen performances this season when we've played some of the top teams where we've done really, really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that at home, this is one of those games again with a, a 50,000 crowd behind us. That, uh, we can do it. Just uh, give me a score. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say to you, Rolando Aaron's. It could be. I, I think he might be used on Tuesday. Just a Ooh. thought. Right. Possibly, I think he, he was he was on he was in the he was in the squad, and I think um, you you need something. You're, you're going to need something to stretch that defence, especially pace, because he's only going to go one up front, Steve, isn't he? You know what? If anybody's done their homework, it'll be Rafa Benitez. As yeah. somebody pointed out yesterday, there was a there was an Aston Martin pulling out the training ground at half past six last night. Um, I wonder if it was Rafa's. More than likely it was, because that's the sort of bloke he is, isn't it? You know, mm. he'd have been in there with his with his uh, with his coaches, uh, and he'd been making phone calls. He'd been watching videos. He'd have mm. he'll have he'll have it all planned. He was probably ironing the kit as well, knowing him. <laughs> well, give me a score for before I bring in uh, my last caller in, in uh, John. What, what, give me a scores for the uh, tomorrow and Saturday. Two one, I think tomorrow. Uh, Liverpool different kettle of fish again though. Big game coming up. Mm. You don't know which Liverpool's going to turn up, um, and it's a big game for Rafa as well. And uh, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting one. And I think again, I'd like to think we can pick three points up there. I'm not. 
I'm not hanging my hat on it, but certainly three points tomorrow um, is what I'm expecting. If we don't get three points tomorrow, it's not all over, but mm. it's going to be we made it very, very difficult for us. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Steve, and uh, we'll yeah, catch you again next Monday. Thanks, mate. Brilliant. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Steve. Tell on well, that was great chat with everyone with Steve Hasty, uh, giving us insight on what he th- on his thoughts uh, on the Newcastle's win at the weekend. And our last call of this evening is John, Newcastle United fan, one of our regulars. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, John. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? Not too bad. So I was going to say you must be pretty happy with how it turned out on 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 Saturday. Uh, obviously, you. The sun and the, the sun and wind seems to have uh, left the door ajar for us. Um, I was really happy with the performance on Saturday. I thought we played really, really, really well. I thought it was disciplined. Not the mm. word I used in Newcastle, but it was very disciplined. I thought we played really well. I thought um, Jamal was fantastic. At the back, he backed up his words what he said about last week, saying that we mm. back to book up his ideas and. Um, and they just responded. I mean, um, I thought Vernon was a, was a fantastic... To be honest, I think he's a better right back than Darrell because um, not only could um, move forward, he could actually defend as well. I think he had a wonderful game at right back. And, uh, you know, I, I think we all played well. We really did. But this is part of a genie again, right? But mm. I'm not going to slay him because he's having a difficult time at the moment in time. Mm. But all of our three points... Long way continue. Were you surprised? Were you surprised that um, uh, what Shelby, Joe, uh, John Joe Shelby didn't start? Um, if I'm honest with you, I'm not going to back Rafa's judgment, and here's why: because Rafa is a is a manager, proper proper work class manager. He knows what goes on. He knows what he's doing. And uh, if I'm honest with you, I mean John Joe the last few games. He, um, to be fair, he hasn't been at his best. Mm. But at the end of the day, I mean, um, maybe a place for the subs, maybe a bit of shot to him. But mm. he has to keep changing the team. I mean, he has to keep changing players all the time to find out who's actually going to do the job to keep us up in the league. But uh, yes, I'm, I'm just, um, I have to trust Raffles' judgment. And uh, if he's going to pick um, who's as captain, and uh, it's a lot. It's real, it shocks a lot of people thinking, "I don't know what she's doing here." You yeah. know what I mean? But I had no problems at all. And he's going to put me as captain, sort of thing. Okay, he might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I tell you something. On Saturday, I thought um, it turns um, back up his life really because mm-hmm. I thought he played really, really well. He actually won a title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going <laughs> to say it. I think. Uh, can imagine if McLaren had done that. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's, it's quite. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? If Mc, the, the, the decision making by McLaren, and now any decision by Rafa, it 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 definitely um, makes. It just shows the difference when you've got a manager that has the respect of the fans, Neil, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. That people are prepared to turn around and say, "We're we're going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt here," because the. The look mm. on some of the lads' faces that I was watching the match with when they realised who had the captain's armband was a picture. You know, there was literally jaws, jaws open. Uh, people couldn't work out what the reasoning was, but it's quite obvious it had a positive effect on him. Mm. Definitely. What do you think, uh, John? 
have to, have to be what Neil says, so I think, you know, I mean, he's not really wrong, really, but <laughs> no, I have to agree with him on that one. Just, um, I'm just um, surprised that uh, he's got the captain's job, and um, that's one of his best performances I've seen for quite a while. And uh, I just hope if he comes on playing like he has been between now and the end of the season, and play, and just clear the way you know he can be capable mm-hmm. of doing, he's a big physical lad. What's he, six foot two? Mm-hmm. I mean, he should be bossing the people about Mr. R time. And if he can do that, and then he got no complaints from us, but at the minute, he knows the situation now we're near the bottom of the table. And if you're going to stop in this league, he had to up his game. Mm. I think the the one thing it seems to to me, Neil, that I think maybe given the armband, he wants that extra ten, fifteen percent, Neil, from Sissoko because he, he he probably he knows that he, he's got he's got it to give. Well, yes, and we know he has because we've seen it all too infrequently, but we've seen it. Yeah. We know what the lad's capable of, and so we've got to find a way of getting it out of him. Mm. And, Absolutely. And, Perhaps, perhaps, he's hit on the magic formula. You know, it, it, mm. it's as strange as it is to say, giving him the armbands, he seemed to revel in it. He seemed to love it. I so, think, yeah, I, yeah. this long may it continue. I think uh, it was, it was. Were you, were you pleased to see Jack, were you, were you pleased to see uh, Callback back and Dummett? Or do you, do you think the fact that Dummett was back, you know, made, it, made the team a bit more solid? Or do you just think it was, you know, it was it was Lascelles' comments seems to have brought a bit more flu- a bit more solidarity with the team. John, right, I've always told to Neil. No, um, well, it's good to see Paul back um, because mm-hmm. um, he's a left back and um, you know once he was spare ten, they got. I thought he had a good game, really. It wasn't mm-hmm. um, ex- um, world class. I didn't expect um, anything flash from him. I think he did the job. He's hitting too many long balls to be lightning. But position-wise, I thought um, he had it to spot on there. And um, and also for Jack as well. I mean, yeah, again, I gave him a 7 out of 10. He, was, he had a good game for me. And um, he should have scored in the first half. It was a poor, poor effort sort of thing. I mean, got inside. All I was doing was to shoot outside of the keeper. And uh, he just didn't get it done. But, and also he didn't get butts, which is good. But um, I just hope he steps up tomorrow if he gets picked. And, um, you know, he's just got to carry what he's doing. Yeah, I think um, the, the, I think the, with the, the, the way that you have been playing the last couple of weeks, I, you, I think uh, we've been very, very lucky with the, with the, uh, the, the results of other teams. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, when it comes to Newcastle, we have to... We, we, we need something... We need something that's really going to... Uh, get the fans up because you know once you catch United start being a team and get amongst it like uh, Neil and Steve said we played Man City we played them off the park last time we, we, we uh, the, obviously in the first half so there, there is a starting point there is a way to get at them but with that first goal is so important tomorrow isn't it uh, uh, John oh it's going to be massive it's going to be massive but we will be up for it tomorrow I mean, all we got to do is just hold out for 20 minutes. <clears throat> I mean, we can hold out for 20 minutes, sort of thing, settle our heart and nerves, settle down, play the way we've been playing, and like you said, get at them, sort of thing, and um, get the crowd going as well as the top man. 
then we have got as good a chance as anyone. And we have been playing well against big act teams like Liverpool would beat, we'd beat Tottenham away. Mm. I mean, can we beat Man City at home tomorrow? Why not? We've got nothing to fear about. We know mm. what we're in for now. If we want to stop in this league, we have got to get into their faces, have a go. And uh, I heard Vincent Company playing tomorrow as well. So I just hope that he's not at his best. And um, we need... Um, Mitrovic starting tomorrow just to ruffle up a few feathers on him. If he does that, then I think the City back four will not know what will hit them. Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll, I think Neil will be shocked if Company starts from the start, won't we? Yeah, I would be personally, but but you you don't know what's in mm. Pellegrini's mind. Mm. You know, um, personally, I'd quite like him to start because he's got the history of breaking down when he's brought back too quick. Mm. So that would do me just fine. Uh, but realistically, can I see him starting? No. But stranger things are happening, mate. Well, g- give me a score for, uh, for for tomorrow night, uh, John, and and uh, Saturday. Um, on um, I'll give you the one first tomorrow. I mean, yeah. Like I said, I mean, the pages are up on the pages and we've got trust in him. And uh, I'm going to be optimistic tomorrow, and I'll tell you for why because. Um, I fancy us getting something out of this game tomorrow because um, we are going to be up for it and um, the players know what to expect. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Newcastle 2, Man City 1 tomorrow. And on Saturday against Liverpool, that's going to be real tough. And um, as long as we put on the show on Saturday, sort of thing, and um, give our all, then, oh, God, I'm going to start on the fence. But the way Liverpool's playing, they're playing really well. But I'm here to see if I'm going to say Liverpool's going to win that, but only just. So three points gives, get, makes us means we'll be level on points with all our all our teams, and then obviously watch out for Sunderland on um, on Sunday. So thanks so much yeah. for coming on, John. Uh, but I think tomorrow let's get them, boys. Let's get them, boys, and um, take the three points. And you know something, we win this tomorrow. I tell you something. We are going to stay up. I've been saying from a couple weeks ago, we're going to stay up. I still believe we can stay up. And um, we're hoping to be a Premier League team next season. Excellent. Fantastic. Thanks very much, John. Appreciate you being on the show as ever. Catch you next Monday. Cheers, mate. Take care now. Bye. What a great show tonight with uh, all of my guests that have been on the show. Uh, It's going to be power-packed again next week. My main thanks uh, to my co-host, uh, Neil Mitchell, who will be available uh, immediately after the show uh, on iTunes. And obviously, I'll be tweeting out the, the, um, the show itself. So you can click the link and listen to what we've all said tonight. We've had some great guests on. And uh, please listen back to the show wherever you are in the world. It's been a great week for Newcastle United. Can Newcastle United stick the dagger into Man City? Because let's be honest... They've been sticking it, to no, sticking it to us more times than not. But thanks so much, Neil, for tonight. Cheers, Andrew. Go Cheers, good mate. as ever. <laughs> and uh, we'll chat next week. Thanks, mate. Okay, mate. Cheers. Stay on, mate. Chat for a second.
I cannot say to you. 